Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. What's happening, weirdos? A, a wonderful conversation here with uh, the amazing storyteller, comedian, actor Adam Wade, who I would like to point out his album, The Human Comedy Album, is out and available now. He's such a great guy. I was so glad we got to sit down and chat. Uh, a couple things up here. Um, one is the Not Feeling It t-shirt is available, I believe, just a, uh, another day. If this comes out, <laughs> when it comes out tomorrow. So it's going to be available the day that you hear this um, for sure. I'm just making sure on that. Yes. So go to uh, PeteHolmes.com and you'll see the Not Feeling It t-shirt is back. Or you can go direct to Teespring, teespring.com slash Not Feeling It. Uh, we do have a couple wonderful sponsors for this episode. One is Casper. I think you know this. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and it's delivered in a small, how-did-they-do-that sized box. It's like a mini fridge. It's amazing. In addition to the mattress, Casper has also uh, offers like an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. It's really great quality. As I mentioned, an in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam for sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, it's breathable sleep design. Uh, it allows you, uh, it cools you, and helps you regulate your temperature throughout the night. I like that a lot about this mattress. Other uh, memory foam ones tend to run a little hot. This one does not. Mattresses can also cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses just cost $500, $500 for a twin-size mattress, $600 for a twin, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for the king. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. Special deal for listeners of this show. Get $50 to the purchase of any mattress by visiting casper.com slash weird and using weird as the promo code. Terms and conditions apply. Um, that's, that's that one. That's that one. Um, and the other one uh, we, we know very well, a generous sponsor to our show, is Squarespace. This podcast is brought to you. It's sponsored by the wonderful Squarespace. As you guys know, whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. So start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code WEIRD to get 10% off your first purchase. Valerie and I were just walking through uh, Penn Station, and she said, I need a website, and we both went, oh, of course, Squarespace. Perfect. And it comes right back to us. I love it. So, guys, if you want to support the show, go to squarespace.com and enter offer code WEIRD and get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Casper. Thank you. It sounds like I'm thinking a ghost, but thank you, Casper Mattress, and thank you, Squarespace, and uh, please enjoy the wonderful human comedy of Adam Wade. Oh, and get a, a, a Not Feeling It t-shirt. Last day it's available is today at PeteHolmes.com. Hey, that's really available all the time, but today is the last official thing. Just, just go to PeteHolmes.com if you want to not feel in a t-shirt. Why am, I, why am I belaboring this? Get into it. 
Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I don't have a cold. I just I took a hauls before. I'm trying. I'm trying. Took a hauls on my voice. You took a hauls just for your voice. God, you're not messing around, man. You came early. Not like super early. That no, wasn't I like a condo. I've been trying to get the cookie. I've been trying to get the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's not like a, you disturbed me early. Andrew's no. been here uh, no. for a while. And uh, and you brought a, you brought me a, what kind of cookie is it? A black and white cookie. Welcome. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is such a New that's York my favorite thing. That's my favorite cookie. Is it really? Yeah. I this get like four of them a year. I get three or four a year. And, that, that, and like, uh, I, 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 have, I buy it to, to when I want to treat myself. Now, t- as, a, as a black and white cookie connoisseur, I'm imagining that a good break would have a little bit of the black and white A little, and little bit on. of both. <laughs> Although, I think, this is bringing back memories, when I was a kid, my dad would buy me a black and white cookie like this. And uh, trying to get to that middle section. Oh, it's soft, too. Yeah, see, the, that's the thing. I was oh, at Waverly, please. the Waverly Diner. I might have to. I'm going to have, have. I don't want to have too it. much. I did my asthma inhaler. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I don't want to have too much sugar. To, I got I to gotta get through. I want to do a good job. Do, for I do, too. And please let me say up top how welcome you are yeah, and how yeah. safe you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in a good place. I know. Thank you. This is like, what, what's, a a good, what's a good moth where they're... A little chatter before. There's and a little they, electricity in the room. <laughs> is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand-ups. Yeah. I know you did stand-up as well, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're backstage or, in the case of the moth, you're in the audience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of... for the pressure. <laughs> the pressure builds and builds. I'll tell you, I watched that girls finale. I'm a big girls fan. Val, who is in the bathroom right now, showering, is a huge girls fan. And we watched it. I didn't know a couple things about the moth. And I was... I, I got like... A little concern for my fellow performers. I was like, "Why is it a drawing?" Yeah, it's and tough. yeah, and why uh, you're in the audience? You don't even know if you're going to go up. No. I got mad just for you guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to make any no, enemies no, with no, the moth, no, no, but no. I was like, "That seems like it's, something they try they to be." As, they try to be as fair as possible, but if you don't get picked, I mean, it's it's That's tough. Brutal. It's, tough. it's a long ride home. It, I, you you had a you joked before off mic that you were worried that you had a panic attack about the cookie. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. And then what? This is my real problem. What kind of an audience is it where you're in the audience and I'm telling my story about the time my dad bought me four hot dogs because that's what I thought a serving was at Fenway Park, Red Sox fan. Yes, uh, but you're in the audience and you're thinking about your story about Saul. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. I, I, I don't do as well because the audience is full of people that are having a panic yeah, attack that they're going to be caught. I know maybe for political reasons you can't shit on the moth because that's your home, but it, it does well, seem Well, they've been so ideal. good. It, but it, but it, like, it, it's like two things. Like You get picked and you're in front of 200, 300 people that really want to be there and want to hear you. Yeah. Or you could get a book show where there's two people and they're both comedians or both storytellers. Wow. So it's, it's yeah, just it's, like it's, it's the, like stand up. Yeah, yeah. Well, it reminds me of the. Uh, this is going to sound kind of sinning, but the, in the open mic circuit, everyone in the audience is going to go up. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a hundred percent is going to go up. And when I used to hand out flyers right here in the village, we would often perform just for each other because it was better than doing all that barking, or in your case, preparing and then not performing. Yeah, it was just. Uh, it's tough. I want to just bring it. <laughs> it's like a tough thing because like you get picked, you're on top of the world. Yeah. And if you don't get picked, and then if someone goes up and they're not prepared, you know, they're just, oh, well, what is this? Hey, I'm here. You're like, you know, you son of a bitch. That's, yeah. that's how I used to feel. Like we did this open mic in Chicago called The Lion's Den. And if you were in the top 15, 
that meant you got the audience. And then I sometimes me and Kumail and all these others would like sometimes leave. I know that sounds bad, but if you were like 35, you'd just leave uh, because that meant you'd go up for just a couple drunks and people that are waiting. So it has to be similar to that. If you're in the early, but if someone went up early and they stunk, I'll never forget one guy thought it would be cute to not talk for five minutes. See, that's the stuff. Right? I had a woman, when I first moved here, it was a surf reality and they had like open mics and there was a woman that just ate a peach. Uh, uh, and my brother had come And I'm like This is My brother's like So uh, hey uh, So she's gonna Just keep eating the peach She's like And I'm like And I'm like And, I'm like, like I, and he's like yeah, She's done It's one uh, of those thoughts You know yeah. Like I, I can understand I'm going to be a legend I'm gonna go up And I'm just gonna eat a peach And everyone's gonna go Oh my god You touched on something That we had never thought of Everyone's here And being so sweaty And we're trying And you just ate a peach Please come to the early game. I guess tell me about how you got started in in that. I know you did stand up. Yeah, um, I mean with the music comedy when I moved here. So I went to Keene State College and I played the. I, I mean, I, where is that? Um, Keene, New Hampshire. It's it's like ah. a small school of like like two thousand students and probably like three thousand in town. Yeah, liquor. Yeah, yeah. There was not much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there was. There was I'm just the, talking about New Hampshire as a whole. <laughs> gun racks and that's guns what I know. and free. But uh, yeah, the, it. Uh, I had like a radio show, and that's what kind of propelled it. Oh, really? And uh, when I would be on the radio, uh, I had like a Monday show, and there was nothing to do in Keene. And there was like that thing we always feel like we have something to offer. What do you mean? Like, who, I, who has something to offer? Oh, you had something to like, offer. You know, and, and like I was shy, and, and with the radio show, it was like something to do. Do you and, remember? Because I remember being a little kid, little kid. And thinking, like, I think I'm a genius. <laughs> like a secret genius. Like, That's okay. yeah, nothing, yeah. it wasn't even, it sounds like it was ego. It wasn't that. It was like, I think I have something to offer. It was more that. Yeah. I yeah. swear it wasn't. No, right. no, no. And, like, when you watch TV, like, I could be on that or I yeah. could be, uh, I mean, a lot of lonely times. But, like, I mean, I guess part of being not an outcast, but it was, like, in a, in a positive way. Yeah. Like, a po- like, okay, like, that would be. You could say an outlier, I guess. But yeah. I remember watching my brother and my father talk and understanding what a conversation was, being like, I get this. Mm-hmm. And now part of what I do is, is I manufacture conversations. Now, how that. old is your brother? Is your brother older? He's two years older okay. than me. But I also remember saying that, trying with my little kid, you know, yeah. vernacular, trying to be like, I think conversation. And, like, try, and my brother, what he said was, everyone knows that. And I was like, but I'm a kid. But here you are, if you'll forgive me, unlikely, an unlikely performer because like a lot of comedians, uh, anxious or whatever. You tell me what you were. but Yeah, it was was a work. Everything was a constant work in progress. But the radio (laughs) show was great because you're in a black box and you're just talking to a mic. And you don't have to worry about people's opinions. It's like 15-mile radius, the radio show. But you could be creative. And that's why I always wanted to be more creative. I like popsicle stick houses and stuff. Yeah. So it's just like like, my brain went work. um, You had the itch to make stuff. Yeah. That wasn't. And I I felt like I could connect. Like, I mean, it was always, I mean, in some of my stories, it's always like older people for some reason I connect, but they wanted to listen back. And they, and they didn't feel like at, at those ages, they didn't judge. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like, so I was just very, very comfortable all the time with like older people. And I used to always say like, if I went for politics, like when I was little, I'd say this, like, I'd win politics because only old people vote. You know? <laughs> and it was just, uh, but like in, in Keen Pete, uh, 
there was nothing to do like on weekends I except frat parties. And I didn't want to – like my father had been in a frat and he said they put him in a coffin or something like that. And that scared me. I didn't want to go in a coffin. Oh, my God. At least and, you had a reason to yeah, be afraid. I was yeah. just, oh, look at all those I, loud people. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, me, yeah. It would have been pledge week or hell week. They would have killed me. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. But like there was nothing to do in Keene except those parties. I mean, at least when you're like a freshman and sophomore and you know like the, you see the pretty girls going in and it was just like uh, – you know, in high school, I was never at the party, so I wanted to be inside, so I befriended a frat guy, and my friends and I would go, and the parties would start, like, at midnight, but they would open the doors at 9.30, and, and we'd get there right at 9.30. So we'd be there, and, like, just waiting, and it was, like, sad. Like, they're like, like no, we're not open yet. We're like, well, we're, we're here, and they're like, five more minutes, and it was like, but we didn't know. 9.30, it's great. Yeah. And we just stay and like we weren't big. We just kind of like nurse our beers waiting. But at the bot, we'd be at the bottom of the stairs by the by the bar and the kegs, and the girls would come down. And I always tell people it was like it was like Hollywood, like watching Entertainment Tonight, like the movie premieres. They would walk down the stairs and it'd be like they they're all hippies, but they would dress up for the frats uh, and like just to be there and watch and yeah. like with the smoke. I mean, it, it was very. It was between like the M- Emmys or Oscars and like a ZZ Top video, like coming down the stairs. <laughs> And just happy to be there. You know, yeah. It was just like a wonderful year of just watching. And my friends would leave like around one or two, and I'd stay till six. I'd stay till I'd be the last one there. And I'd, really? watch, I'd watch everybody hook up. It sounds very depressing. Yeah. But I'd watch everybody hook up and, you know. After, because they were just doing it around. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They'd just start making out. And I'd play games. Once my friends would leave, I'd just kind of sit at the corner holding my beer and like watching, you know, I mean, all the frat guys get the girls. And it was just. Uh, and then I would just leave. And it sounds lonely, but it was something to do. And again, I was part of something. And then after a while, like, you know, I'd see a girl that I had a crush on in like my math class. And, you know, she'd go home with three different guys. And like, then I'd always feel like I got, like, I got something. Like, I got, like, like, you know, they, I know they're not treating you well. So, uh, on the radio shows on Monday, so I, I would get home and I wouldn't be drunk. I'd have like one or two beers in nine hours. And then I would just write like what happened at the, at the frat. And then I would just talk about it. On the on the radio. Uh, on the radio, and then like, and I'd be like, you know, Denise uh, and Megan, both of you, um, you know, you're kissing a lot of guys and doing other stuff. But like, I'm here, I'm here, and I like, you know, I got flowers and I bring flowers, and they wouldn't, no one was listening, you know. But uh, but, oh but, the, but the power of a compliment, the seed of, of performing, and, and the connection was like, you know, I go to the pizza place, and there'd be like a guy, and and he'd be like, like the guy that owned it would be like, good show today, Elvis, because my name was the man they call Elvis, I because I wanted a persona, and he'd be like, Elvis, good show. And then like Isaac at the gas station and then the ladies at the dining hall. So it was like those four people, oh, wow. like the power of a compliment. You're and, like, uh, this is going to sound strange, but I love Harvey Picard. You're kind of like Harvey Picard, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's, that local, a, that's a big compliment. Local yeah, yeah. celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Just being honest, and being himself. And they made himself. me feel so good. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and it was, and again, it was awful. I mean, I, I didn't know how to play the records or the, or the CDs, <laughs> and it was just like, but it was, but it was, it was like, like, like the small seed you have when you're little and watching TV. Like, yeah. it started to grow, and yeah. then um, I started playing the guitar because I thought now I have to get in front of people, but I need a shield, and I was awful. Isn't I that could, funny? The sh- the guitar is the shield, and I read that story in uh, in the New Yorker, which is great. I complimented you off, Mike. Yeah, thank on that. you, thank you. I, I'm I'm always excited to see good things, you know, and I'm like, this is a big deal, and but then Colin Quinn tells you to lose the guitar, yeah. but it's so interesting. It wasn't in the article. It is a shield. It covers maybe the only way a guitar could be more shielding is if it went up to your neck. Yeah. Because when you have it, it's covering your balls. It's covering your stomach. It's covering all these, what I would call a kill stroke for a lion. So you have this thing 
in between you. And then I'd have the music stand. And too. then, oh <laughs> my <laughs> god, <laughs> which <laughs> looks like a blast shield. That's like a well, just put a sheet in front of me. Yes, just or don't. <laughs> so you would go up really yeah. guarded, Very and guarded. then, uh, and I, I actually uh, do like music comedy. Not certainly not all of it. I don't like most comedy, if I'm being fully honest. Yeah, no. So it's not like I'm putting down music comedy. But the thing that would offend me when I was really young and hungry and needed to assert my opinion just to defend my own existence, you know, and you'd be like, fuck that shit. It was that, and people have heard me say this a lot, is that you had also the protection of the music. You're, like you're playing it and that would protect you in another way. And give you kind of confidence. Too. It would give yeah, you yeah. built-in confidence. Yeah. Like you need to, as a performer, you're finding your own rhythm and your own melody and you're alone. The guitar, not always. Nick Thune, Dimitri, these are guys that use it to great effect. Yeah. But what, what was it like for you? Yeah, it would definitely, the banter before, because basically it was, I couldn't do parodies. I, I really wasn't good at the guitar. <laughs> so I was like, it was, they all, like, as my dad would say, because like, I'd practice, he's like, they all sound the same. Um, I would just keep playing, and, um, but the banter was the thing I was most nervous about. But that's, I mean, looking back, that's when I connected the most. So I'd yeah. say, like, the, you know, Denise keeps making out with guys, and this is, a, and, and I keep seeing her there, and I play, like, the song for her, but, like, the the part of the talking was better than yeah. the music. But I didn't, like, you know, you don't know. You don't know. Because so, that was the part I was just so nervous about, because I knew the songs. Right. And I had the lyrics and then the chords, the three, just in right. case I forgot the three chords. <laughs> they're right there, but it was just. Um, well, looking back, the major connection was the banter. It seems like a nice. Uh, did you see uh, the King's Speech? The no, movie, The no. King's Speech. So he has a he has a stutter, mm-hmm. and then they're like to to one of the things to show him that his stutter was psychological was they put earphones on and they blasted opera music, and then they had him talk. He, he obviously can't hear himself, and then afterwards they play him back the recording and he's speaking without a wow. stutter. So similarly, you're yeah. thinking. The song is what they're all here to do, but let me talk in between, and then that's taking your mind off perhaps the anxiety of just talking, Absolutely. right? Yeah, and it brought it out in you. That's brilliant. And then there was like that that swagger. Like I, I always mention the swagger because um, <laughs> my parents got the VHS tapes from like growing up on the DV, DVDs, and I, and like recently I started watching them. And when I'm around my family, especially like my grandmother, and my aunt, and stuff like I'm so con- like in holidays, I'm just very, very confident. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm it's just a different, it's ah, a different person than I remember, ah. but I'm with them. It's like old people, Wade. It's it is. when it's you're sad. with old it's people. Sad. It's not sad. Yeah. It, it's that, it's that little nugget on the trail that goes, look, there's a version of you. And this is what people, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm yeah, no, sidetracking no, no, you no, here, no, but no. this is what people that in new agey, like weird, like talk about your highest self, like mm. picture a version of yourself that is like what you want to be. And when you see it happen in the real world, even if it is with your family, yeah, yeah. like the, the Thanksgiving table with my uncle Larry and stuff, I was like, Oh shit, they're funny. And I, and I can kind of be a little bit funny. And then you bring that on the stage and old people. Great. And family, great. And then if you can connect, but it, the great thing now is like looking if if I can connect to an audience our age, yeah, like then and and still be able to behave that way, it, yeah. it's, it's really nice. It's really that's, like that's I mean because you know at the end of the day, like you want to just con- you want to try to connect to everybody. And right. We did like a show at uh, Spun School. I think one of Paltrow went there, but it's a um, you know it's a, a school for girls on the Upper East Side, uh-huh. and it it was amazing that like you know twelve year old girls would understand a story that I would tell, mm-hmm. which I didn't think. And, that, and it just, it, it was just very, very interesting. But you love, uh, you love graphic novels and stuff. Yes. And, uh, the, the only one that I know really that you, your story that you told at the beginning about going to the frats and watching, 
and and you even said you're like this might sound strange or, or weird or whatever. It t- it feels exactly like what a graphic novel is. Yeah, it's the silent observer. It's uh, Nick in The Great Gatsby. It's it's the narrator yeah. who's there and he's just soaking it all up. You can almost hear it going into the sponge and then he spits it out in your case in a radio show and then later with the guitar and then later with the stories, right? Yeah, That's absolutely. why it doesn't creep me out. No, no, yeah. It yeah. reminds me of a... Of it, a and it's trying, you know, and it's not trying too hard and that, I think that's what that's the difference... That's nice. That's the difference because I think when I was doing stand-up, even with the guitar, like, I always just seemed like... You know, you'd see people, you go to shows, not that I was performing with them, but you'd see like Dimitri and, and see them do so well. Then you felt like, okay, I got to do that. And yeah. like, you, like, you got to do, you got to yeah, figure funny. it out soon. Like what, like, wait, what do you Man. have to offer? What, what can you do? You that's know? a, that's a Joseph uh, Campbell quote. I don't know if you're familiar no. with him. He's a great storytelling guy, myth guy, but he talks about like the one true way to know that you're not on your authentic path is if you look down and you see a path, like you're like, oh, this is, this is someone else's path. Like you see Dimitri and you start following him, but then you realize you have to Adam wait it and go into the brush. Yeah. And, and there's a woman, like I was a page, uh, Conan's makeup lady, like in the early, I was like Conan's page yeah. in like 2000 and, uh, his makeup lady, Andrea was like so nice. And she gave me this advice, like a few friends of mine from the page program had just gotten big jobs and I was like scared and very full of doubt. And you know, there were people like that that I could confide in. And she just said, listen, like tunnel vision's bad, like in life, but as far as your career and stuff, you have to focus on like your path. Right. And it was like a very interesting, like she's like, you're, if you get caught up with thinking about what everybody else is doing, like it's, it's, it's really going to drag you down. And that yeah. was, it was just like a, like a 30 second bit in a long conversation, yep. but it stuck with me just because it's, and she's like, you should feel happy for people too. Right. Especially if they've worked hard, like, That's you right. know, and congratulate them. That's and right. It's not, it, it's not the fine, your path is, is your path. And but it, that's why when I said when I was, you know, I wasn't shitting, but when I was remembering a time when I would shit on guitar comedians, I said it was when I was young. I'm in my 20s. I'm just starting. And you're looking for anything to put the fire out. You're like, it's like you're on fire and you'll take anything, including blood. Like you'll cut someone just for the relief of a little bit of the fire going out, if that metaphor no, makes it, sense. It, and, yeah. and you relax. That's why you do well with old people. And that's why old people are wonderful is yeah, because yeah. they've been to the ego game and they've been to the judgment game and they've been to the movies and they've yelled that's gotta hurt and they you know what i mean and and then they start to calm down how old are you now i'm 40 so yeah, 40 yeah, yeah. you look great thank you a lot of avocados ah! that's what it says. <laughs> i love avocados, love avocados, too. avocados. <laughs> you just eat avocados someone said well, no but someone this week said you have beautiful skin i go oh thank you and she's like do you eat a lot of avocados ah. i have like three a week so ah. she's like, yeah. Oh, I out, I out avocado. Okay, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably have whatever. Well, maybe, day. maybe it isn't avocado. Ah, maybe it's just an inner glow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that that time, old people are over it. They mm. don't need to uh, question and judge and hate everything, unless you find that one sassy. Yeah, one. yeah, but yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Your ego gets beaten down enough that you're just like, let's watch, let's watch this guy tell a story, and I don't need to assert my personality onto him. What does it mean if I laugh at you? You're showing your vulnerability. And if I'm a 22-year-old kid from, I don't want to say, I don't want to put down an area, but if I'm kind of like a jockey kid, and you're up there talking about, I listened to your story about Saul, which is why I said Saul Mm -hmm. earlier. 
And it's a very moving story. But if I laugh, is that an endorsement? If you talk about how you can't get a girl and I laugh you and st- I'm with a girl, am I weak? You still want laughter. Uh, for me. You want it. You want oh, laughter. absolutely. You want, you want laughter. But he's afraid of, of being associated with – old people aren't is what I'm saying. Yes. And, but then things started changing for me because I, I started thinking that way and not stereotyping but pretty much this audience, this audience, this audience. Yeah. And then one night at a moth, I told the story and it was basically about like – competition over a girl with me and this jock and the jock gets the girl and <laughs> you know and it's like feel bad for adam and i think like every for the first five years i did the moth that that's basically the same story and there was a guy but it was it was very you know you know like i, I said like something like i i wish i could just be that guy once i, I kind of ended it like that mm. and um it went over well and uh the other thing is just when they're quiet they're laughing, but when they're quiet, it's good. I used to get scared about that. Quiet's they're good. Listening. Quiet's they're listening. Good. They're li- and if you've got a big room and they're noisy, and then it, it's silence. At yeah. first, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, so I'm at the bar with this guy, and he comes over. I'm like, he's going to beat the shit out of me. It's he's- like a good quiet, like right before you kiss somebody. Yes, right? yes, yes. It's like a yes. full quiet. And then it yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, a beat, yeah. nice beat. Yeah. Um, so this jock is at the bar, and he's a big guy, probably mid thirties, and he's and he's he's eyeing me, and I don't know if he's gonna punch me or ah. he's gonna kiss. I don't know. He's just very. He looks very upset. Um, yeah. Not kiss me, hit me hard. Yeah. And he gets to my face, and and I go hello, and, and he's like, I, I got to tell you something, and he goes, I, I liked your story, and I was like, all right. So he broke the ice. I go, thank you. And he's like, and then he got like really choked up, and he's like, I gotta let you know something, and I go, what? He goes. You know, your story, like, you think, like, you're really insecure and this and that. But, like, when I was in high school, I was, like, the man. And I was, like, a hundred times more insecure than you were. Mm -hmm. And, like, that, like, so I always thought, like, no matter what, I have 35% of the audience. 35% of the audiences are nerds or whatever or, or like, you know. And then it went to like 95 because then those like the people you don't think are going to. That's right. There's going to be like 15 percent that be like, fuck you. I I don't want to think you made me feel I don't want to feel right. But there's going to be a lot there like right in between that like went through some stuff. Yeah. You know, and I think universal truths, fundamental truths might be one of my life's biggest passions. One of the reasons I like studying mystical literature like philosophy is that you can talk to somebody or read somebody from the Far East and you can read somebody from America and you can read somebody from. Egypt, it doesn't matter. You start to see that they have this fundamental core philosophy. Uh, Alan Watts wrote a great book about that one core thing. What is it that everybody's saying? And then similarly, the artist typically is going for what is the one thing that we all have in common? I'll use myself as an example. I'm like a giant, goofy, tall, toothy man who, I just said this yesterday to somebody like Val's in there, sometimes wakes up in the middle of the night and like just needs to be cuddled because I'm, I'm having panic. I don't have panic attacks, but panic. So, of course, that's why when you tell a story about this or this or this, a young Pete would have been like, well, this is how I'm like this and this is how I'm not like this. And now I can just go like, isn't there a part of me that's completely like that? Regardless yeah, 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 of yeah. the car you're driving, meaning yeah. the car, you, yeah, the absolutely. person, your clothes... The, the hand you were dealt, okay, you were, let's talk about somebody else now. You, you're dealt a uh, lean, muscular physique, a gorgeous flock of brown, red hair and a full beard, and you just look like the goddamn president, you know what I mean? And inside, who? it's the same shit. It's yeah, the yeah, same yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. The people that are doing the work uncover the Adam Wade over here, and they find, and you, the jock in you, that's when you get on stage, the, well, let's say jock, the, the, the alpha, the guy that goes, you go up and do something that a guy that can heave a football 5,000 yards 
can't wouldn't do. Isn't it, that fun? It's amazing you said that because like one one and I, again I, I'm there's not as many not getting girl stories. Ah, but there was I a girl, there was a story one time where I want to tell them there was a uh, <laughs> like an ex pro athlete and me and I mean I mean you know I'm living in a basement apartment in Hoboken. There's no way I'm gonna get this girl over him and it was but it was heartbreaking because i mean i was dating her not like you know when they say i went on one day and then yeah. and but it just it really it crushed me i just you know you it was the time where you put a, a woman on a pedestal and you, and you start that's fantasizing you how great it's gonna be yeah yeah and and i think sometimes that's good but sometimes it, it is unhealthy and um i i did a moth and at the break dan kennedy one of the hosts i was like talking to him and, I, and this was like about 10 years ago and I, and I was just pouring my heart out over it, but like the poor guy he needs a break and i'm giving just and he just said well like adam you got to think about this ex-pro athlete like he's never going to get the cheers anymore Mm. He might get the girl. He goes, but he's done. He's retired. Right. But he goes, but your life is just beginning right now. Mm-hmm. He goes, like, listen, listen how they 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 just like cheered for you and everything. Like your cheers, they're just starting. Right. And again, it was a very pivotal. Like, yep. okay, like, okay, I'm not gonna ever look like that. I'm never gonna look like the president like that. Right. But you know what? There's there's still like if I just stay the course, like there is like a lot of potential. And, right. And it's not to get gross. It's just to be sad. It just. And I used to always think that, like, my goal in my life is to find the perfect woman and get married. Yeah, you well. know, and, then, and if I found her in my 20s or my 30s, I think it would have happened, right? You know, I, I would have dropped everything. But then after, it's like, wait, there's more to fulfillment to life. I, want, I hope I, I want to have, have, be married sure. and have kids. And, sure. But, like, you got to just cont- – when, when it comes to you, it comes to you. It's also learning to love yourself, too. What, what were you waiting for? It sounds like you're not anymore. What are you postponing? In thinking of this perfect relationship that you could have been giving yourself, the example I always, that, that I always give on this show is it's so silly, but I always say I thought getting massages was something you could only do with a girlfriend. I don't know why it was just a blind spot in my mind. Something about it seemed feminine or maybe sexual. Maybe sexual is better. Like so, you do it with a partner, and it's like uh, rubbing, and then you kiss afterwards. I don't know what you do. So I would always take a girlfriend, and then when I was single for the first time in my life, it was a big deal. The first time I went to a movie alone. The first time I went to a nice dinner alone, the first time I went to a massage alone, and I was like, oh, I was there the whole time. You go, you go to the relationship to give, not to get. <laughs> There's a definition in, in, the, in the dictionary for that person. It's me. <laughs> it was me. Right? So did you, is that where you landed on that? Are you, or yeah, yeah. Are you seeing somebody now? No. I mean, my last solid relationship was like two years ago and it, it ended it was a it was a good breakup in the sense that you know i was not devastated but it made she broke me up really with you? yeah um but it was like a good it was like when i walked out of the room i'm just not confrontational or anything right i'm not the girls like when they did the bike and the the bookcase like knocking things over oh I'm my god like i can't yeah. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not that communicative yeah uh, but like uh <laughs> i just uh yeah, it, it it bothered me so much, and again, it's putting the pedestal, putting them on the pedestal, and then after, you know, like the past two years, I've fortunately gone on a lot of dates. All, yeah, all three. No, ah! I, I've gone, I've gone, I've gone, so I've gone, but like the quality, I, 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 it's just a different thing where like I'm not over analyzing it before. Yeah, and whether it, there hasn't been like love, love connections. But I've gone out with some really nice girls, and I need—I kind of just need that right now. Just going out with different girls, going to get dinner, going to the movies, yeah. Like just in, engaging. It's just for me. It's just been really, really nice because I've been 
so long overthinking or talking too much. Like yeah. I'm, I'm starting to listen more. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying, and, and I think, and it's just more fulfilling to get to what I hope to get to down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For so, did, did you see the movie The King of Comedy? The Robert yes, De Niro? Yeah, yeah. To me, going out with the girls, a couple dates or whatever it was this, this month, uh, that to me is going out and seeing actual audiences instead of going to the basement with the fake audience that yes. he built. Because yes. you can do that. And I think yeah. that's what you do, not you. I'm just saying that's what one does when we start projecting what would that perfect girl be. Go out and see some actual ones and, it's, then, it's, and then see how different it is, how much more... I, I, I was going to say umami. Like there's something no, yeah, else yeah, going yeah. on that you didn't even think was on the palate. And you just cherish you. You cherish the moments more. You know mm. what I mean? And and you listen to them. And and for me, by becoming a better listener, again, I, I, we're all works in progress. But uh, you know, when they show their vulnerabilities to me, it's nice too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Maybe. And it's not like I date a lot of people that see me perform like yeah. that. But it. But. Just, I guess I'm getting better now at conversations, um, and it's, it's been very, very beneficial to me. Yeah. Because you'll leave, and you know, you're not uh, obsessing, like, did she like me, this or that. It's just like, you know what? For, for two hours there, I just had like a good time, and I deserve that. And, yeah. I hope, and I hope she had a good time, too. Right. But, but like, this, is, you know, this isn't me worrying, going to the bathroom ten times. Yeah. Again, is that know, a thing? No, but I'm just, or just like over. I just remember I went on a double date one time with the guy from NBC Sports I was working at, and, I, and he set me up with like this beauty. And I just, you know, I just, and I was in my mid 20s, I just didn't shut up. And I had no idea. Like, yeah. you know, and then I said, you know, I saw him like the next time. Like, Maybe even winning? worse, you thought that's what you were supposed to do, right? Like put on a little. Put on a show. Yeah, put on know? a show. And like I was nervous, so I just, I, I bit into it. I just kept doing yeah. And the next day, I'm like, so are we going to, what did she say? Are we going to go? He goes, Adam, like. Not like the Colin Quinn thing, but he's like, Adam, like... Did you, you have the you guitar? Got, you, yeah, no, I should have. If I did, you know what? To be honest with you, I would have. I, like, I... He just said, he's like, you got to listen. He goes, you can't just talk. you got to listen. Right. And, and, and he said that. It took me 15 years to continue to evolve and, and, right. and think about that. Isn't it funny, though, that you, you grew up... We both grew up in a similar time where it was like nerds and jocks. That, those were the archetypes that were being thrown at us. And then it's so strange that here we are in 2016 and vulnerability, listening, and honesty... Which were always appealing. Yeah, they were always there. They just weren't really being showcased necessarily. I don't think now they are. Even right now, we're doing a podcast yeah, yeah. where we are saying, listening and being real. Not. I feel like in the eighties, I've said this a million times, but cool was cool. So you're supposed to go and be cool. It's like Ferris Bueller picking up the girl at high school, and you're leaning on the Corvette. Cool. Be cool. Yeah. Be cool. Be the yeah. steal the pr- pressure. Steal the parade. Literally. Yeah. yeah Showcase yeah. your alphaness and and uh, send back a bottle of wine. Talk in a raspy Richard Gere voice. Chew on a match. And at the end of the night, kiss her without even looking for a signal. Just be like, take what's yours, man. And now. I can yeah. see you getting plenty yeah. of wonderful love yeah, in your yeah. life. I don't mean fucking. I just mean yeah, and that's the a, whole thing. Yeah. Because you can be real. Yeah. Because we've I've done the thing where I've been gone on the date and pretended to be more this, more this, more this. Uh, we used to call it date Pete. Date Pete shows up to the date. <laughs> and, then, and then every time I go see this person, I have to be date Pete. And that ultimately leads to not wanting to see the person because you associate seeing exactly. them with picking up the brick-filled suitcase that's date Pete, yeah, yeah. which is bullshit. So now you can go. You're 40. You've figured it out. You yeah. can go and just be like, hi. I'm from New Hampshire, and yeah, you're all yeah, off. Yeah, you yeah, go, yeah. off you go. The other thing is, like, I mean, there was, there was a girl I dated a few years ago. It was just like, um, 
you know, we would be messing around or whatever, and then she'd be like, uh, we were laying there, it was nice. You just kind of, for me, for me, you just want, you just messing around. You just want a moment, you know, yeah. and like, I just want to just kind of, this was nice, like, please just give, and then she'd be like, can you tell me a story? She asked you to tell you a story. Jesus Christ, That's no. amazing. No. That's amazing. I, because, like, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm, try, I'm trying, again, overcompensate. Sure, yeah, I'll tell you a story. But wow. like, can you give me like 30 seconds here just to hold you? Wow. Yeah, so That's it's just like, good. so that, but I'm not, I mean, you're, no, not, not, not right now, honey. You'll see Mike has a joke in his, his show, Thank God for Jokes, which I saw last night with Val. He has a joke it. about, I won't ruin the joke, but yeah. like, this is like the story I'll tell. Now, you asking for the story is yeah, like yeah. the story, which is funny. Um, I That time, though, I relate to that time. You're making me remember when I was in high school and the first girl, nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. Not, but everything was magical. Oh, Every man. time I saw her was magical. Do you know like the parts of the day when you'd see her? Or but it was, it was only two or three times. That oh. was crazy. And she was so beautiful. She still is beautiful. I, you know, Facebook friends and all that. So I was just like, why is this person talking to me? That's that feeling that you help celebrate. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. here I am in high school. And I, I was kind of like, well, I guess this would have been my senior year. Yeah, I think it was my senior year. Wow, that's pretty late to go on your first date on Valentine's Day at a Bertucci's. Oh, hey, Bertucci's is good. Yeah, my yeah, Uncle George yeah. was his favorite restaurant. <laughs> Does he eat the olives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because was like my Aunt Pauline like said, and he goes, "You've never been to Bertucci's." Ah, yeah, you got like, unlimited yeah. rolls, yeah, yeah. and they're made out of pizza dough. That's why yeah, they're yeah. so good. This episode is brought to us by Bertucci's. Better get something on it. But I just remember that feeling. So the most important part. Of that is we we did go on one date and nothing ever happened between us physically and I was very Christian at the time and uh, I don't think it was going that way regardless but anyway then there was this like time when she was gone and it was like a long summer and I think she was just gone for the summer and that summer here I am like writing poetry like Dead Poet Society was my favorite movie and I wrote songs and I drew pictures and like like paintings and and I I'd call her I didn't know she was gone I think and I'd call her a lot then I found out she was gone I was so humiliated that the caller ID must have said I called like 30 40 50 times just that high school yeah. infatuation yeah. it's crazy but we need to remember Absolutely. that at, like Donald Trump or whoever whatever strong archetype you want to have at some point there was that yeah. that was driving the car he beat the shit out of that yeah. and he gave it to the to the tough guy persona, and now we only see that. But somewhere in everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. is the guy that fell in love with the idea of a person. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I mean, you didn't even know the them. interesting part. Like, it's the most interesting part of yeah. people, you know? What do you mean? Well, that they don't, like, that 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 part of them. Oh, that, that part, yeah, exactly. There's, like, a cop, like, in Hoboken. Like, I live in Hoboken, and uh, the first bar, I, I mean, I've been there 13 years, but the first bar I went to, I was, like, a lot of firemen, a lot of cops, um, a lot of other people too, but like I, I really, they were just very, very interesting and they engaging and they, you know, ball busting and yeah. just to like I had lived in Fairview, New Jersey, where there was no people like my age except the deli guy. So it was like finally I'm in this environment and there was this guy they call him Cousin John. He's like a, he, he's from Hoboken, but he lives in Staten Island. He's a New York City cop and he's the meanest guy. He's just a mean guy. He's like like Patrice O'Neill of cops. Like, yeah. Because he, he had something in him too. He had there was a kindness, yeah. but you just had to find it. Yeah. And um, and like working at Tough Crowd, uh, I was a PA. You know, people like 
Patrice around, like, I saw sides of him that were very, very sweet and sincere. Yeah. You know, but it was guarded, you know? It's funny. And when I would watch that show, I was actually didn't have a thick enough skin to watch that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't stand yeah, 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 yeah. people, from what I could see, not getting along. Not getting now along I get it, but now I'm like... But it was, yeah. I didn't know. But what, to see him on the elevator yeah. and, and him giving you his water and then just walk off like or, or, or do something. Yeah. There, there was... I mean, I felt... I mean, as a production assistant with my walkie-talkie yeah. and my cakes or whatever, <laughs> like, I, I felt there was like... And, and my cousin John is the same... Like, this very tough exterior of this cop. And he, he's cousins of the firemen. I know that's why I call him Cousin John. And just a very, you know, Jesus, Wade, you eat, the way you eat your sandwich, you're savage, and like doing stuff like that. And just mean, like harsh, you know, and like, you know, and I'm uh, very, you know, I, my security, it was, he'd be ripping me. And then one night, uh, it was St. Patrick's Day, he's like, can uh, you come out with me? And we left the bar and we went to like this little, like, like Mexican place and we're having margaritas. And he's like, my dad passed away today. Oh. And boy. he poured his heart out, like, to me. And like, I've never, and, and then, like, at the end, I said, like, why, you know, why, you you know, why me? You yeah. Know? And he's like, he's like, because you're my friend. And it was like a weird thing. Like, that, I haven't told that wow. story. Like, but that, like he said, like, you know, because you're, because you're my friend. And here I was. I went with him because I was like, you know, this guy's, you know, but he was just this angry guy that just bought, like, hit me, like, with verbally, like, just nonstop to the extent where I, after a while, I just said, just take it. This is good for you. This is good. You're going to toughen up a little. Yeah. And then he did that. And then after, you know, he, uh, you know, weeks later, he started ball busting me again. But like I, it's like the thing you said about Trump. There was there. He showed that side. Yeah, he and let he him probably take never the wheel. show anybody that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just like a very. But you were the space as you are. We we learn through symbols. We transform through symbols, and you're becoming the symbol of. It's okay to tell me your dad passed away today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay to not say you eat your sandwich like a savage. You fucking animal today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I wonder, yeah. I mean, I'm curious now. I don't know why. Sometimes I get a little bit turned off when I when I hear about like. Uh, it's silly, but like storytelling, mm. learning storytelling, yeah. right? I wonder, are you a natural storyteller or have you learned techniques along the way? Because when I hear you tell a story, mm-hmm. like Saul, yep. and Val, was, we were talking about it. She was like, oh, I love this. I have stories. And I was like, yeah. And there, I wonder how much structure, how much, like, for example, in your story about Saul, which you can see on YouTube if you guys want to. There's no spoilers here. No, please. please. You, you tell a story about this uh, security guy, right, mm-hmm. who you befriended. And you say, he was the only friend I had. And then I was like, I wonder, are you tightening that screw a little bit? Was there also, like, Sally, the wardrobe girl, who was nice to you? Yeah. I'm not trying. Oh, this no, is no. not an expose. How dare you? Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> but storytelling is interesting. Ask me to tell a story, and I will naturally exaggerate it's what mm. i do in stand-up you'll turn something you're just tightening the screw it makes the boat watertight it makes you it conveys a feeling more than a fact and i and you say saul was my only friend and you are helping me get emotionally where i need to go to make me feel what you felt mm-hmm. instead of giving me every single goddamn detail, which is what our culture seems to be obsessed with. Like we wish there were GoPros on you so we could fact check everything. When the storyteller knows it's about the feeling, not the fact. Exactly. Right. I, I, I agree. I, I always tell like people it's like ten percent, and that ten percent. I, I Elma Baker's uh, memoir, which is great. Uh, she's prefer- in her preface. She said like you have to combine times, you have to combine characters. Yes. yes. And you know you got to get to the point. You don't want to. I mean that I had that job. Saul was my friend. That's his real name. Yeah. Like this and that. But like, you know, as long as you're not 
you know, and then, hey, by the way, and then I fucked five girls. From, right. you know, like, <laughs> like, whoa, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. But it's interesting. So it's, but if Saul were uh, a racist, we might omit that. You know what I mean? Yeah, to yeah, help yeah, us yeah. love Saul in that moment. Yeah. Because there's going to be, maybe I shouldn't have picked racist, but maybe but he something, was yeah. something bad. Mm-hmm. This is what. He wasn't. Ah, Saul, I love Saul, we I love, love you. you. Saul. I love Saul. I've never yeah. even met this man. Yeah. yeah, you haven't seen him since. No. Uh, yeah, the update was, yeah, yeah. that's rough. <laughs> I really, I really cared about that. But this is what show business is, I guess, and it can seem uh, fake, maybe. But to me, I understand. I, I, I'm writing now, and I'm starting to see we need to combine those two people into one person. Yeah. And because it's tough. It's tough. I don't want to introduce the audience to a new person. They're, so you want Sally to walk on, say one line, and as an audience member, I'm like, why the fuck did you just tell me about Sally? Now I'm trying to picture what color her hair was and what she, what her yeah. gait was like. Just make that put the, that line in the mouth of Saul or or whoever it might be, and even descriptions, Pete. Like sometimes, and I, and I and these are things I've learned along the way. Like I would want to describe this whole room right now. If I was ta- telling a story about and you, you made a weird, yeah, or in this and then the walls and then this and, and like after a while, I, 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 you got to give the peep, the listener an opportunity to just kind of see it through their head, yeah, and, and give, let them enjoy that ride. That's interesting, you know, and if, especially descriptions with people. You know, give one or two. The well, the uh, the steak and cheese oh, hair, and then we're like, you know, the D'Angelo's. It was like the ah, and you're like, I got it, I got enough. Yeah, I have my soul. Yeah. You have your soul, but that that is interesting. Like you talk about detail. Here's again, it's like fucking. I think it's like lovemaking. So storytelling and, and comedy, we can apply rules to it. And I think it's not just storytelling. Anytime anybody's going to be like. Move the mic stand. It's like, okay, that's fine. But I saw a video of Steve Martin crush, and he didn't move the mic stand. It was right in front of him the whole time. It was upstaging him. It was bad, technically speaking. Great set. Always dress better than the audience. Get the fuck out of my face. And then there must be these lines about stories. And one of them is details. It's like, give a lot of details. And I agree. But here you are. Or manipulate the details, too. Like, what I'm, do you mean? I'm, or, I don't know. That's a story. That's or, a... Or, or, like he was sweating instead of, you know, like or I was, you know, just overdoing it. Yeah. There's, there's a peer, people, again, you you want to, you want to understand this person. And, and it, it, from, again, and I don't mean to get like philosophical, um, but this is a good Please. podcast. <laughs> um, but like. For me, continuing to do this, continuing working on it, um, when you're talking to someone, you want, like I'm talking to you right now, I want to connect to you. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk down. Hey, you know, Pete, great. You know, you do great comedy. I'm the storytelling guy here, pal. <laughs> right? And this is what this is what I do. You know, it's like then all of a sudden it's like that's uncomfortable. Like, it's, and it's not me, right? But but, it, but all of a sudden someone's going to be listening. Like this guy's. I mean, I don't know who he's. I don't know him. And it I blocks. think he's an asshole. It blocks. So yeah. it, it's just uh, I I I um. Greek, or, we'll probably get to this later, but I'm Greek Orthodox, and I would, my father's, my mother's Greek, and my father's. I uh, interviewed Giannis Papas yesterday. Oh, really? Greek Orthodox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hasn't and, changed in four thousand years. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but it's, uh, I, I mean, I, I still go to a lot of churches a lot of times to meditate. Like so, in Hoboken, there's a lot of churches, and I go to like a Spanish church, and a lot of times, like I don't speak Spanish, mm. but there's like a woman that speaks a lot, and I, I'm not sure what she is in the church hierarchy or whatever. But whenever she talks, I cry. I'm just so I'm so connected to her, and I don't. She's speaking speak, in Spanish, and I and, and I look around. Everybody else is crying, but there's there's not all the time, but a lot of times I'm in there and I hear her speaking, and just the way the way her language is the, 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 in, in speaking, I'm so connected. Wow, and and it's amazing thing. But then another guy will get up after, and again he does, doesn't he's speaking Spanish, but he's you can tell he's talking down to you. 
Wow. And it's just a very, it's a very like, like, and I get up and I leave, but, but I have those five minutes with her where, and it's just, it's, it's a very cathartic and feel good thing. But so it, it's that connection. It's, Isn't that interesting? Trying, and even with stories, you can have great stories. You can have, but you can, you can have a technically out. perfect story yeah. that doesn't stir you for some reason. No, I mean, and there's, there's some, there's some shows. I mean, I, I was at a show one time and it was a very famous person, um, this the story was completely memorized, very wordy. If it was written, if you had if you had read it, it would have been wow, this is the greatest. But I was not. You're you're talking about life and death here, and I don't feel connected to you at all. Right. You know what I mean? Well, you got to like, leave it's, again. It's like lovemaking. It's like I am going to caress your breasts now, and then I am going to remove your pants now. And mm-hmm. technically. That might be what a Spanish guitar player in a field of, of wheat in Spain would do, but the difference is when he's doing it or she's doing it, they're not thinking about what they're doing. They're getting lost in it. And that's, uh, that would be, for a stand-up as well, again, Louis C.K. talked about, uh, not on this podcast, but how the left brain or right brain, one recites and one communicates. Mm-hmm. It's different signs. So when you feel like someone's reciting... I think that's when our, our pussies get. And tired. one of the things I you know, and, it's, and one of the things I wrote in my note, like my I brought everybody, I brought notes to, uh, and I haven't gotten to them, which oh, is good. Please. But one of the the, the thing um, I remember with you, um, and this was like a again, there's like about ten, fifteen like big moments um, in the eighteen years I've been here. It was hot soup. We did a hot soup show, mm. and it was in a, in a restaurant. But it was like a re- it was an odd place. Yeah, it was like a, with a pool table. Like it was a pool table before we went in. I remember, but and there was like it was almost like a mini stage, and you went on for like ten minutes. And I'm, I'm again, I'm I'm happy you're having me on the show, and I'm not saying this. Yeah, it was. It blew me away. Oh, I so thought you were going to tell me I did no, something it, terrible. It blew, it, blew, it blew me away on so many levels because, and, and this is why, like. They were mostly comedians, but you were just very comfortable, and you connected to all of us. Oh, wow. and and you were doing you were doing jokes, but there was something else there. And but, you know, like when I said, like you know, I couldn't do what Dimitri Martin did, does or whatever. Yeah. Like when I when <clears throat> leaving that night, it was like like I don't I just uh, this was like a special night, and oh, wow. I got to see. Like a comedian really connect. It, it was it was just like it, it was very enlightening for me to. And when I continue to work on my stuff after, oh, wow. one of the things like well, when Pete did that that night, when I'm looking at this is a funnier story. It's important to get the material in in the story. Yeah. But it, but just as just as important. Yep. You have to connect to this audience, and you you there if if you have that energy, like you had that energy that night. That's it. Could eclipse the actual story. That's right. Because you're giving them a moment, whether it's storytelling, whether it's that's home, right. You're giving them something that they're going to leave and they're going to say, "Holy shit!" Right. Like I did that night. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Right. Like that's that's something I want to aspire to get to do. Right. And I wonder how he feels knowing that he can do that. Oh, that's that so was, sweet. I mean, it was just like really. You know, that's yeah. thank, that's so kind. Thank you. That that is something that we're going for. There, there's this in Glengarry Glen Ross, the great Richard Roma monologue. He talks about the great fucks you've had in your life. What do you remember? And he goes, there was a sound she made, something she did with her, with her eyes. Uh, some, he says broad. Some broad's forearm on your neck. His point is the, the material is one part of it, but then there's this other connection. And what Mamet is saying is the fucking and the, and the physiology of it is one thing. The move, the mic stand, the technicality is one thing. And the story is one thing. But the connection is this whole other thing. And that's a vulnerable play because if you are trying to connect and you don't, 
It's personally offensive and personally painful, as opposed to going up and giving these perfect fillet jokes and just kind of being vulner- uh, invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Probably less painful to bomb. I have to imagine you feel that, it, yeah, but yeah. I bet you feel the good part, which is we love Adam. You've won the moth ten times or twenty. Twenty. No, please, you should be proud of that. Yeah. It's because once they get you, and this is something I enjoy with my audiences, there's a shorthand and we can pick up almost where we left off. And then you, it's not so much, I can freak myself out thinking, okay, Adam's won 20 times. I don't have any more stories. I got to go for a walk at uh, the Port Authority at 3 a.m. I need something to happen. Or you and your perspective is what's being celebrated, but... When that fails, that also hurts more than just me telling a great story. I open the door, and who is it? It's the same clown. Good night, everybody. Th- you know what I mean? That's what I think people think a story is. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's, it's, it's the whole person. It's the making love. It's not just the dick in the vagina. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, for me, like the gold, the gold for me doing all this stuff, and, and I, tell, I, you know, I tell my friends and, you know, and storytellers ask me, like, if I like, and it doesn't happen a lot, so please don't. This isn't like, but if I'm on like a train and someone comes up to me and says like, like I know who you are or something, and I'm like, oh okay, and, and like, you know, and it's like, what did I do? And, and they're like, no, you told the story at like um, a basement in Brooklyn mm. like five years ago about your cat peaches, mm. and then, or or if, if it's like you, you never hear from me again. I never hear from you. I bump into you at a Hollywood party, hey hey, yeah. uh, in, in ten years, and you're like Saul. Yeah. And then I'll be like, shit, like, out of everything Pete Holmes has had to deal with in, in the last 10 years, <laughs> why he, remembered, stick? He, he remembered Saul. Yeah, like, why? So that's, I mean, that's my goal. Like, if, if you can connect with, with someone about something like that and they're able to think about it, remember it, like, right. that's what I'm trying but to do. But isn't that a type of, I, I, I know I'm really, no. I like the sex analogy when it comes yeah, to art, no, but good. isn't that a type of uh, impregnating? Like, you're yeah, giving me absolutely. this thing. And then it's confusing, which is what beauty might be. It's confusing you and me. It's swirling those two colors a little bit together. That's why sex is so beautiful. That's why an audience is so beautiful. Listening to a symphony, it becomes one thing. And we love that and we crave that. And when you tell me a story about feeling sad about Saul, I go, shit, there are people in my life that I never wanted to hurt that I hurt. And then you are me and I am you. And I can stop going around going, I'm a Red Sox fan, and I am a man, and I am a, an American, and I am a Catholic, or whatever it is. I can just relax for one second yeah. and let go of all those things we're clinging to. Forget date Pete. Forget about everyday Pete, and just go, oh, shit, I'm just a human, or I'm just awareness, if you really want to get funky with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Ab- absolutely. And that's why I think it's fun to see me uh, in 10 years from now and at some swank party where you're accepting an award, I'll make it even better. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, buddy, remember, oh, Adam, now you're an asshole, Adam. <laughs> and then you just put a cigarette out on my face, and I'm like, I, I earned it, I earned it. What, I, you don't seem to... I, I, something in that article, it talked about not looking at success. Isn't it funny, I'll put it this way, that the people that I know... Here we are at uh, Melanie's apartment. So there's photos of Melanie. So it's it just makes me. It's a beautiful apartment. It right? is. It's a really lovely apartment. Um, but the idea that a lot of the successful guys I knew did it for. It's so cheesy, but it's true. They did it for the love of the game. They did it because when they were kids, they felt like they had something. What did you say? Something uh, to, to offer, give. Yeah. Something to offer. Yeah. And, it, and it, it soothes the audience to be entertained. And it soothes the performer to, to entertain or whatever it is. But you did not set out to become a famous storyteller. No. And the people that did, I have to imagine, aren't doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Right? Yeah, no. Is it the same? I mean, it was just more just to, 
I, not validate. It was just more to be be heard. You mm-hmm. know, winning these things is great. Don't I'll go get my Blimpy sub. It's it's great. Ah. But like, but, but <laughs> it's just more. Man? Yeah. Well, in Hoboken's Blimpy is, is 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 like the first. Blimpy. It's good. Really? It's good. All right. They, they give me more meat. Like ah. uh, that's a name. You know, I'm a kind of a big deal at the Hoboken. Never mind Jimmy John's. They, Jimmy John's is there. Comp- no. Interesting. No, no. Jimmy John's. Can I tell you a theory I have about Jimmy John's? Yeah. Jimmy John's was like people. I'm not even putting down Jimmy John's. Who fucking no, cares no, if no. I am? But I'm just saying it's not a, a, a diss and a dismiss. People like eating crackers. Let's make a sandwich that tastes as bland but somehow appealing like a saltine. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's a saltine became a sandwich. Yeah. So if you're like a little bit sick or traveling or just don't want your food to fuck with you in any way, yep. Jimmy John's. Yep, Jimmy John's. Jimmy right. John's. But they, Blimpies. And they, and the Blimpies woman, is like, the woman, The women that work at Blimpies always call me like sweetheart and hot. Oh, and it's like, and they're Hoboken. They're Hoboken. They're ho- it's like Hoboken. It's like, Val will tell you. Me, Brent, uh, Sullivan, and Val were at a Chili's. Oh, I want to ask her where it was. But uh, just the perfect, loving, it must have been in the South, big black woman waitress. And she called us honey. And we were just yeah, like, yeah. I think we probably tipped her 100%. Because yeah. we were like, this is the best. That's so nice. I'll never forget it. It made me feel yeah. good. Like a Saul handshake. This woman calling us honey and yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means and a lot. And they just got a smile on their face the whole time. And can happy. I tell you this? No one told them to do that. Exactly. They're just a person. And you know it's sincere. You know it's ah. sincere. I, I'm like, when I'm in my 40s, I'm going to start calling everyone brother. I just know it's going to happen, but I'm not there yet. I haven't earned you're it. Get, you're, getting, <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting there. You're getting there. Wait, please, continue. So, uh, yeah, for subs, the love of it. Uh, for oh, the yeah, love sub, of it. Yeah. But it, I interrupted you. Don't let me. No, let, no. Uh, let's not lose those good Adam White thoughts. Um, you were at Blimmy's, but we were talking about the love of it. Yeah, you just enjoy it. Oh, you it, said I love winning, and I and I'll it's take not, the, I mean, I'll you take, take the sandwich. The but yeah. but and you take the sandwich. But at the end of the day, it's like <laughs> you know you connect you connected to an audience, and and you've done all the open mics. It's easy to talk to you about this. You've done shows for two people. Yeah, you've, I mean, I, I did one the one of the first music shows, comedy shows I did. I start, I you know the open mics. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna start booking music venues. I did in like 1998. Um, I did a show like by World Trade Center. It was it was at the Orange Bar or Orange Bear, and literally I I videotaped it. I don't mm. know where the video is, but I I set up a video. There's two people in the audience, no, and I didn't know them. They left, and then the bartender third song in put a song on, like on the jukebox. Really, and it was just like that. So like you remember those things. So now it's like people actually Do you remember the like song. It. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was the firm radioactive. I remember. Oh right? it was my the firm god! And I and I remember just like ending that song, getting back home. Yeah, and like it, it was just like what 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 are you do? like what are you doing? Yeah, so many times like you know especially so a lot of people now if you just start doing storytelling you're going to the moth and there's. 300 people there that can't like they've never had that experience it's an important experience to have right like right, that right, rejection right. or or just two people with their arms folded the like, first audience that i did in new york where they were listening it was rafifi you remember okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it i i was going up at this place called the boston every night and would go on at the end of the night and there'd be like three four five sometimes ten people but they they were the wrong people i don't mean to put these people down no, no. but it, they were tired and they were drunk and they didn't give a shit and if you weren't going to like shock them, you weren't going to really get That's them. The and then I did an eight o'clock. The fact that it was an eight o'clock show on a Thursday, I go, ah, 
these are my people. Like eight o'clock on a Thursday, we're gonna be done by nine thirty. Get me some chamomile and like a tub. Like I don't want. I'm not a prostitute, finger blast, shots of Jim Beam guy, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. I'm not putting those guys down. No, but, no. And, and some of them are excellent. But oh, I'm just, sure. but it's finding but it's out what sweet. you're not. You know, when you find out where you fit in, oh. that listening audience, that attentive younger audience and i was like oh my god suddenly my robot cop joke works and it never works that's a great feeling but are you saying people pull vault over that they they don't have well, no, i mean i mean since it is so popular i think some there are sometimes shows that aren't as you know i mean if people just specifically just go to the moth i mean you know right so i always tell people like friends are like i, I want to do other shows i'm like look around find them yeah, you know, find comedy shows. Try to do try to do your funnier story at a comedy show. But like, right, you you got to get different environments. It's very very important to be in different environments, right? Because it's not all going to be like three hundred people listening to every word you have to say, right? And you got to talk. Isn't you, that funny? I used to study comedy albums, and the and the, I think a lot of young comedians probably do that, and they're like, I'm going to do it like these guys did it, and the difference is, even the act I do now mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily work. If they, if it wasn't a thousand excited fans, you had, like I said, you had that shorthand, but then when you study Seinfeld or, you know, back in the day before all the nonsense, Cosby and all that stuff, you would be like, I don't mean nonsense. No, like it's I not know, true. No, no, I just no, mean no, yeah, unfortunate yeah, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Of course. Um, but you learn how to, uh, win over, like you said, the hot soup, you learn how to win over mostly comedians and nobody cares. And then you get to do the theater. And then when you're at the theater, you're like, oh, this is why I carried, again, the suitcase analogy, all that weight through the desert. I knew it would come in handy. I knew they told me at the beginning of the journey, you'll need this magic wand and it won't make sense the whole walk. And then when you get there, you go, ah, this key unlocks. Oh, so many analogies. Unlocks this door. No, but it feels good. As opposed to just jumping the line. You're actually robbing yourself. Now we sound like old men. Let's sound like old yeah, men. But, but you're robbing yourself. And, it's, and you don't understand that until you're going through it. And That's it's right. It's just like... Um, it's like letting your parents pay your bills. They all, they'll tell you it will mean more. This table would mean more if you paid for it. And you go, who fucking cares? It's a table. But then when you do buy your first table, you go, this is my table. I bought my, fir- <laughs> Peter, I bought my first couch... I bought my first couch six years ago. I never had my own couch because I, I always had a twin bed, and then I moved up to a bigger bed. But uh, when I bought my first couch, you know, I—I uh, I mean, I took a photo, put it on Facebook. It was my first fucking couch, and people, you know, someone's like that. Oh, uh, big deal. I'm like, no, it is a big fucking deal. It's a big fucking deal because I—it's I, a leather, and it's like a leather couch. It's not the most comfortable couch. But like I want, I, like I said, if I'm gonna buy a couch, I'm gonna buy a leather couch. Yes. And it's it's starting to break in after six years. But I have it. You know, and I was like, I wanted that. I wanted that. You know, and it meant something. And if I and, and if I end up doing well, my next big break, you know, what I'm buying a a, barrac- a real barracuda jacket. Oh no way! That's, that's the only thing I want. I don't want a car. Oh. I just want a nice break. Let's add little, that to the fantasy. When you see me, you are wearing a barracuda yeah, jacket, yeah, yeah. and you go, "Hey," and I go, "Hey." So, so. did you ever have a bear? Like, like we had the Filings brand barracuda jacket. Like growing up, we oh. had the Oh, yeah. So it was, you know, it was like the little like yeah. um, Scottish That's the New England thing. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, but, I, I don't know if that was uh, real. Uh, if I've ever seen a real one. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to buy a real barracuda jacket. That's my thing. Yeah, so if you see me, Wade, yeah. you're a success. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and just like, uh, no, go sit on your couch. Uh, the two together oh, yeah. that might open a portal yeah. to another world. Facebook profile <laughs> picture would blow everybody's mind. But I, lo- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, just getting over a, a little cough. I actually, taped my special uh, sick. I was sick. I, I was like, "How was the preparation going into that?" You know, it if was. You were, if you had a cold, it was because that's like the last thing you like. <clears throat> war could help you. It was honest. Yeah, I had it go both ways. Where, where a cold or something keeping you left of center is nice. Yeah, like I did a special once where I was very sick. Uh, it was just a little uh, fifteen minute spot on John Oliver, and I used Afrin. Have you ever used Afrin? Yes. And I was like, "Holy shit, Afrin!" <laughs> and then I had like a really funny uh, set because I felt great. And this one was like, I was sick the night, Thursday night, my special was on Saturday. Thursday night I was on stage and my voice kept cracking like Peter Brady. I was like, and I like couldn't stop. And it wasn't funny. And I was like, this is terrifying. And literally old school people, like I asked uh, a friend to pray for me. I was like, please. Like I I was getting super, not not that prayer is only superstition. You work hard, people. I was like, I can't be sick. I can't. And then I spent all of Friday in bed. Not because I needed to, but because I was like, I'm not doing shit. Body, whatever you need. And I felt better on Saturday, but I was still a little bit. But it's that mental. I, I know. I mean, I'm. I'm but in the in the long run, being like that a lot of times helps because yeah. Well, it gets you, know, you out of yourself. Is that? Yeah, was yeah. That, have you you've had to do shows sick? I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you just you have to go. You have to go. But what it, about like drink? You're not going to have a drink before you know, a show. I don't drink as much anymore. I, I mean, again, I've always been a lightweight, but yeah. like I just. Um, uh, six years ago, I got a big break um, with my. I got a job at UNICEF, so I was like a story producer for their website. Oh and, wow. Um, I took a very good interview, um, but I really didn't know how to do what. What? what and they hired me, and so <laughs> I just my I, I I was just very very panicked because it was like my first job where I was making more than one hundred fifty dollars a day, and wow. I was you know thirty four. So I mean you know it was finally getting paid a little bit more, and you know not being a perfectionist, but like I'm hired to do this job, I got to do it, and I just kind of my body started just breaking down. I was just like overly nervous yeah um, and then like i just haven't really drank like I'll, I'll have a beer once in a while but i just can't it was weird because th- during that time i'd have like two miller lights and like for some reason i'd be like crushed i think yeah. just because my body had been so nervous yeah well are you I, i'm interested in anxiety again it's yeah, not yeah, an expose no. i'm not looking no. for something funny or embarrassing yeah. you know but anxiety is interesting to me and you mentioned panic before did you are you a panic guy yeah, and and I'm and I'm I I, I get better, um, but yeah. That what does is, it look like for you? What does it feel like? Or when does drowning, it drowning, 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 a drowning, 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 or just suffocating, like you like know, a de- a death feeling? Yeah, it's just like uh, you know, there's happiness, and then there's this like time where you're 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 just how am I? Like I'm not claustrophobic. I mean, I said that about the uh, coffin in, in college, yeah. but like. If I'm on a subway and it's too busy, yeah. and 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 I'm at a point where it's just been a rough day or whatever, I got to get off. Yeah. So it's just um, so it's worse. Like uh, if you'll allow me to guess, it's yeah. worse when you haven't slept or haven't ate yeah, or yeah, haven't yeah. seen a friend. It's like just normal vulnerability increases this, and then uh, would you? And say then just you- wanting to do what for me, you know, Pete. Um, 
eight years ago, or like eight years ago, I, I find I had like a, a job at like a publishing company, and it was like an easy job. I was making decent money, not much, but I was making decent money on health insurance. And I finally had my first apartment in Hoboken above ground. It was my first apartment. As in, you were I always like a basement. A, guy? Always a basement. Not, and I'm asthmatic, so it's not like I did it by choice. Oh, wow. but I was one of my own place. Yeah. So I got above ground, and then it's I lost fucking couch. It was just great, and and like I was just happy. <laughs> you know, I was happy. I had my bar. I was going. I had my bar to go to in Hoboken. I had look you know, at the you. moth. You're like, like Sesame Street. It was compliment. No, no, no. You but have it's a true. neighborhood. It's true. You have a sense of community and, and place. It was, and the the guy across the street, the deli guy. You know, I was getting the Cuban sandwich. Everything was yeah. perfect, and then I lost the job right before Thanksgiving. That's the toughest because you're gonna go home Thanksgiving and you're gonna go home Christmas. Right. And no one ever asked me. And then people started asking me, "How's the job?" And it just, yeah. And um, within, I had you know a nest egg of like five or six grand. That's it. And within a year, it was just because the rent was I, I was done. So my friend let me move in with her. And I mean, I was supposed to stay three or four months and she's an angel. I stayed for like a year. Oh, wow. And she said like, you know, I love you, but like, are you, you know, after like six, seven months, she's like, you know, I, I, you can only really stay like a year, you know I mean? Yeah. And, oh, and I thought were, you were going to say she was like, leave and you stayed. In oh, no, no, no. But, but she, she gave she, you but a she year. Said, she said like, you could stay a couple, but you're going to have to move out after a year. And like, I mean, and, and I, I mean, she wasn't, she was hardly charging me. So... At that time, I had I, and and um, a lot of pride. Um, I, and my parents would have if I had asked. I just have never asked for money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't want to do that at 30, 32, 33. So uh, I had been sending emails. Can I? You know, you send these emails to your friends. Anybody? I just need something. And for you know, just some reason, there's nothing there. Mm. And this is like a thing I, I wanted to ask you. We got to bring it up. Um, you have friends and they're good and they're trying to help you. And then there's people like anything you need, you're there. And but they then you can't find them. Yeah. And then there's just people on the periphery that are just nice people that you're acquaintances with through stand up or through knowing them. And there's one stand up, Dan Neubauer. I, I don't know if you know Dan. He's in L.A. now. I think he works for UCLA, but he worked at UNICEF and he had said and I'd done like two shows with him. He's from New England. We hit it off. He said, if there's ever a job open at UNICEF, I'll, I'll get you in, you know? And, and I go, yeah, but I don't know about, he was like, don't worry about computers. We'll get you in. I'll train you. And he, like, it was, it was the lowest point in my years here. And it was the time where I was like, you know what? Like, what, like you got to move out in three or four months. Like, if mm. you don't have anything. And he called and he just said, and it was like one of those things where it happened within like six, 64 or 68 hours. Or he's like, he's like, there's an opening, there's an interview, um, come in and i went in and uh he told me kind of things what to say because they're gonna ask me computer questions i studied it mm. like notes and i mm. went in and i just hit it off with the the bosses and i got the job and, and like that kept me here you know what i mean and here's yeah. a guy that like i didn't you know i, I hardly knew i, I mean I, I was an acquaintance with him and it was just like and i, I would tell him like you know i'd break down and i'd be like daniel you're, you're like my angel you're like, and he's like no. oh, and again wow. another person like not asking for anything you know, there's like yeah. a lot to, he's like, Adam, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm happy I get to work with you for a couple yeah. of so was, But that was so. And that kept the, you here, though. That's such an here, important detail. But then the pressure, the pressure to learn that for like six months. I mean, it was a very intricate computer thing. And like, I just, I never took computer classes. Mm -hmm. So I just, and I put so much pressure on myself. I think they would have been fine. But God bless the people at UNICEF. That's a shout out. <laughs> Bertucci, they would always, they'd, UNICEF. They'd always answer my questions. No one ever gave me a hard time. But the fact that they were so nice, like, I'm like, I can't fuck this up. Yeah, and it was just, and it just took a like. So that year took so much out of me, and I was, and I had been drinking more than I had been, and I just said like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Where, I actually don't even know 
what your portfolio consists of now. Like, what what are you doing now? You stopped working at UNICEF. And- yeah, I teach classes at the Magnet, and it's storytelling classes. Yeah, so, yeah. And and I know you, you. I just I I would like an addendum. Just it's hard to teach comedy. I believe. Yeah. UCB was great. Mm-hmm. I, I studied at the playground. I studied a lot of places that were great. For some reason, I have a hard time when people think they've really nailed the formula. Yeah, and yeah I doubt yeah. you're teaching a formula. Yeah, I'm. I'm not like for me, and and this is going to sound kind of like a plug, but it's it's more the type of people that that take it. Um, it's just trying to get to know these people. You know, for me, it. it and some of them want structure, more structure stuff. You know, you mm-hmm. really evaluate more theory. Me, it's just trying to get to know these people, have them get on stage and be able to talk and uh, talk mm-hmm. and just be themselves. A lot of it is just public speaking, right? And but it's but it's you know diet, like I'll ask them at the beginning of like what did, what did you do this week? Did you see anything exciting or did you, well, you know you, you get to know them? Then if they start working on a story, it's more about a moment, mm. and then it, you know you want a beginning in the middle, middle and then, but it's more about like a moment, and and you're just getting to know these people. It, it's very good socially in the community. There's not there's a few assholes, but not not too many that take this class. But it's kind of like this podcast. You're trying to make them comfortable and safe absolutely, more than you're trying to be absolutely. like intro. Get their attention. No, not at tits. all. I no, love them. No, no. I saw my first set of tits when I was twelve, oh, and I'll never forget it. And people sometimes take that, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like you don't. But there was like a woman. But you're like a Zen teacher. You're really just like, how are you today? And yeah, you're like, I, I came here to be enlightened. And yeah. You're like, but how are you doing today? Yeah, how, how are things going? You know, and like, what do you like? You're like, trying to sneak in the side. I, yeah, because yeah, I want you to tell a story about something you care about. I don't care if you climb out Kilimanjaro. I want to know like what you like or or or. or what. That's so funny, Robert McKee. Have you read story? It, it, it's no, not no. required. I'm just curious. He he talks about why is it that someone can tell a story about the, not being able to find their car keys and have you on the edge of your seat, and then another person can tell you the time they they accidentally shot someone and you're bored. It's like. Just is like the worst, and it's it's funny. That's what could be tuned, Sorry. and it's fun. And I'm not a psychiatrist, please. But I, like, I try to find. There was a guy that came in the class, Pete, and he's from Staten Island. Another Staten Island guy, but another tough guy. Staten Island, and I we. <laughs> That's what you want to stop me. You call it Staten Island. It's we, one word. We did. Uh, <laughs> they did. Uh, like we do, like like what, what was uh, talk about an object when you were a little kid that you liked, and this guy, this big guy, mus- muscular guy, auto body shop, like leather jacket. You know, he talked about his blankie, and it was like when he was little, he had a blankie, and it was like the, I fell in love. With, like uh. it was so like everybody fell in love. It was so beautiful, and I just wasn't expecting it. So then the next week they pitch story ideas, and then we'll then we narrow it down, and then they'll work on that the rest of the class. Yeah, and all his stories were like getting drunk, punching people, this and that, getting <laughs> driving in a telephone post, and like I said, these are all great. Like I, I like them, they're action. But what about the blankie? And right. he's like, "Come on, nobody wants to hear about the blankie, really." Yeah. And everybody's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and he worked on it. It was just again, it was just seeing. It was the thing going back to the Trump or cousin John. It was that thing we yeah. get to see. Yeah. And we have like a little class show. It's beautiful. The, the students sit in the front row, and then we have like a little audience. It's free. There's no bringers, and and it's just so nice that they get to do their story. And at the end, we had like drinks. And and this guy comes over to me and he says, he goes, do you know why I took this class? I'm like, well, you know, to get better with the auto body shop. He's like, no, like I, I just wanted to, I always wanted to tell the blankie story. No. And it was just like, like that's like, so that like, that's a win. That's yeah, a win. That's a so win. you're just trying to, and, and, and it was just, he's like, he's like, I Isn't get it. Funny. Yeah. There's what we want to say. Yeah. Then there's what we think we want to say. Yeah. And then behind there, there's like what we really want to say, like somewhere deep. So the guy comes into a class, like, but it's also like a date and you go on a date 
and you hope that you tell the story, that great story about how you save the day, and you're also kind of sexy in it, and you're also it, it, it showcases that you have twenty thousand dollars in savings or something like just this great advertising story. But that date sucks because it feels scripted and it's horrible. And it's, it, I'm not trying to offend you. It's a little yeah. bit like that date that you told that was bad where you just kind of blabber on. Or you get out of your own way and then you merge into the experience and you are present and you are available. And it is more of a how are you today instead of a here's how to structure a story. But it is very zen. It's a zen teaching. You're getting out of your way. And then what happens is what you wanted to, what you were aiming for with all that effort comes about naturally and effortlessly, right? It's the same arrow going at the same target, but you had to get out of your own way. You were fucking yourself up with your effort. And then it comes about naturally, and there's the blanky story, right? Absolutely. And, and when it really works, it doesn't always work, but yeah. when it works, you have like a class show, Pete, and you have you know eight, eight to ten people, and each person goes up. I'm very tight with you. You have eight minutes, no more than eight minutes, because yeah. no one's going to take over the show. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even do any bits and. I just say one more time for so and so. Next up, Pete. Like I just yeah, I want yeah. and I want them to get the two applaud breaks. Yeah. You know, I want them sitting down and getting one more so they hear it. Yeah. Um. But the ones that really work is eight people go up and it's totally eight different. It's them just being themselves as best as they can, being nervous, but they're still themselves, getting some type of point across. And, and, and again, connecting to an audience. And it's the, the biggest compliment is there's always a husband or a wife or, or a brother, like, get dragged to the show. And, and like, I'll look at them. And, 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 and my intros, like, I'll try to explain the class at the beginning, like, what the class shows. People, they don't, some, some of them just don't care. Yeah. But at the end, they're like, Jesus, I, I've never seen anything like that. And that, and that buzz, that's yeah. a blimpy night. That's yeah, a blimpy that's night. That's a blimpy night. That's a blimpy night. Because you know, it's like, like and, and, they've ne- and some of them will never perform again. There was one last one. There, there was a woman, because uh, I'll say, what is your name? First class, what is your name? What brought you here? And she's like, you know, I'm, I live in uh, Long Island. I'm 55 years old. My husband doesn't let me out of the house. for flesh. And we all laughed. And she's like, no, I'm being serious. And just her saying that, and she's like, my dr-, I go, well, what was your dream? You know, in, in life. And she's like, I always wanted to be on Broadway under the lights. And like, I mean, it just hit me really hard. And it's yeah. just this, just very shy, very like, like ball, like she was like in a little ball, you know, like in the whole class. My goal is not to make her the greatest. She's going to be spoiled and great coming out of this. I just wanted to make sure she got through the class, whatever I could do, the power of a compliment, yeah. just to get through that class show so she could be under the lights. And she worked. She would stare at the ground. She would quiver. She, would, she wouldn't enunciate. I just tried, like baby, baby steps. The class show, she went up. She, you know, and I stand in the back. She, she, I just said, Kep, keep looking at me. When in doubt, look at me. And I got you. And like, just think I'm hugging you. And she looked. Husband never showed up. You know, to the show, but she looked and she got through it and she was in the lights. Oh my you know, God. and it was just like an imagine. So she's telling the story. So an audience, went, all right, this person, boy, this, is this woman from my, like, she must be nervous. This was like, if possible, it could have been like the moment she's been waiting for her whole life. Yeah. And like, and that is, and that's like my biggest, like, so stories and structure and theory. Right. Come on. I mean, read a fucking book. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just more about, this is more about like, just trying to make read these a people. Read story. Yeah. If you want to go, and, I mean, I, and that was his brother. Yeah. The murderer was yeah, his own yeah, brother. Yeah, just, like, just, yeah. just give yourself, give yourself, you know, that time to be able to do it. And it was yeah. just, it was just like, that was just so, 
you know, and, and, and she's like, my husband's not here, but you're like my class husband. You know, it's just like Aww. this woman. Like, it was just, it was just like what you're trying to get across. Yeah. And um, that's, that's. But that's know, a, that's a bigger question. It's like, what is the point? Yeah. Are we here to ping pong information? Are we? Yeah. Some people would seem to think we are. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's, that's, that's a lovely part of ourselves. Or are we. I don't need to know what that woman's story was because the story was the story. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's a beautiful story. And in my mind, I, I've been to the magnet. I'm picturing you there. And to provide that service, she probably – it becomes less important. Did it kill? It's just like a, a – it's, it's, the, it's the philosophical question, and then what? Oh, my story killed, and then what? It's like – or you created a feeling that people will hold on to and, and might make them act a little more kind or might yeah. make them a little bit more aware. Well, in this world, um, I'm not a very, I'm definitely not very political, but like, I, I just think like kindness is, kindness is okay. Like yeah. it's okay to be nice. <laughs> and, and like working at the UN was like a very interesting thing for me. You because, did? Yeah. So well, it, it, for UNICEF. That's the, where you do yeah, it. But well, when I was there, the, the, the people, it was just like an amazing, you know, five years, they were just Seeing people talk each day and the conversations, even if it's just in the elevator. I mean, there's some women that were just, you know, she was Ethiopian, a woman, just a very, you know, a grandmother, you know, happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy. But it was, you know, you're having these things. <laughs> there's just, there's so much kindness, um, you know, and whenever she would make bread, she'd bring the bread in oh, and like, yeah. you know, make sure I, she put the little bread like on right. my, like just like those like little moments, like there's. You know, you want like the world needs a little bit of that, yeah. and if that's hokey, and I don't give a yeah, shit. I don't. It, like, you know what I mean? Well, I know, we've like, we've schmaltified a genuine thing. Kindness is yeah. genuine, and you standing in the back is beautiful. Unfortunately, maybe uh, bad showbiz has figured out how to extract that, and we try it, and then you get words like cheesy. That was cheesy. Yeah, I yeah. know what it was trying to do, but it didn't really do it to me. Yeah. Um, but th- I think that's lovely. What do you tell your? You know what I get a lot is story panic, where someone someone's like. Do our storytelling show. And I always go, I don't have any stories. But I'm one of those people that if you talk to me, you realize you do have stories. Damn. But I get story panic. Call me, Pete. Give me 10 minutes, Pete. But isn't, I'll, give, I'll get three stories uh, out of you. I'll get three but stories. isn't it beautiful that one of the skills of the storyteller then, we agree, is to green light your own. That is a story. Because you, because like I, I joked earlier, I'm always thinking it has to be you open the door and there's the same clown, and then you get applause. But you're saying it's I, I it's something as. Can you think of an example of a lean story, not a very eventful story, but a good story? Not to put you on the spot, but certainly that happens. Well, you're right? Just like that girl. Ha! <laughs> tell me. Um, oh, I'm not. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm not even saying no, tell no, the no, story. No. Um, there yeah. have to be stories that aren't. Saul isn't a very eventful I'll, story. I'll tell you one. I, I do laundry once a week. I, I do, and um, sometimes I don't have a lot to do, but I'll still bring it. And, and the reason <laughs> there's a block away, um, it's a block away, and I'll go for two. It takes like two hours, and I like to do it. The girl that works there, she's again, I, 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 she's Spanish speaking, speaks a little English, but not much. Um, and she's she's washing and folding, doing everybody's laundry while I'm there. Uh, we got Tomamundo on, and <laughs> I go and I put my stuff in, and then I go across the street to Duncan's, and I always buy us both coffees, and I just put it down. You fucking and we just sit there, salt of the and, earth, and, I, and we just we just sit there. But, like, <laughs> but I'm always it. taking care of there. Like if if, if it's busy, it. she'll be moving all the dryers to make sure I got one. But but we'll sit there, and again, there's there's no talking. We don't talk. 
we might smile to one another, but we have our coffees and we sit there for like 20 minutes until it's done and then I put it in the dryer. And that's like, like I swear to God, and I've told, that's like the best relationship like I, I have, I have right now, it, and it's just a beautiful, and it's just so sweet. And like I'll walk by there, like tonight I'll walk by there, and and if she's working, she'll wave, I wave back. It's yes. just and it's just that's like, perfect. That is yeah. a very non-eventful story that made me feel something big. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I, I, I that that is the skill, though. The comedian, I would say, you need to start. Thinking the absurd thought that what's interesting to you, what you're thinking about and what you're doing and what you're saying might be interesting to other people. It's a little bit arrogant, but no, it, no, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. be a little bit arrogant and go, I'm going to write this down. Something I say but that I don't... it might be arrogant saying, you know what, fuck them. I'm going to just tell this and, and hope that they, it sticks. What do you mean? You know, well, like for me, it was like, you know what, I'm going to tell... I might be arrogant by saying, you know, Pete's going to enjoy this story, so I'm going to tell him about, right? the, about the lady. Right, sure. So... But that's a good, that's an enabling arrogance, I suppose. Okay. Something that I'm not completely sh- convinced of that I tell people because I just want to give them something light is I go, the difference between a comedian and a non-comedian is a comedian thinks something, a, a non-comedian thinks something that makes them laugh, a comedian thinks something that makes them laugh, and then he writes it down, or she writes it down. And that's really the only difference. Of course, I don't really believe that. I mean, there's other factors happening, but it's a nice place to start where you say, no, here you are, Adam, going, that is a story. That your blankie's a fucking story. Yeah. And he goes, but what about the time I punched the guy dressed as a scarecrow? You're like, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah. Tell me about the the blankie. That's a beautiful thing. But it took a long time. I mean, like all the story. Like I told you, I, I told so many stories about not getting girls, and then one night at the mall, someone came up to me. And again, not very, very nurturing. That's another reason why I'm like, not the, the, very. They were you very, are, very nurturing were, to yeah. me. Yeah. And like, well, you know, someone just came up one time and just said, um, you know, uh, you know, you're a decent looking guy. I mean, you ever get a girl? You know what I mean? Or, 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 yeah. or he said, and it wasn't sarcastic. It was, it was comfort. He was trying, but he's like, "Why don't you end the story when you get the date?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Then you're the hero." And then we, we, you know, we love you here. We just want you to succeed yeah, once. Yeah, and yeah. It was, and then, and then, and then, uh, then, then after once you, I told that. Then all right, there's more to. Okay, then I can do because you rely like with jokes. Like I rely on this. I rely on this. And yeah. I was like, all right, now I, I think I can. I can kind of start spreading my wings. You can tell a story where you win. Yeah, but isn't that funny? Isn't that it's so interesting to consider that that's one of the choices, of course, that we're making when we're like a story is like life with time. Like we're adding time. We're going that little piece. Here's the beginning. That wasn't the beginning. You were you for thirty three years before that started, and this is the end. Even though we broke up a week later, but we can choose to end it to give a different feeling. I know it sounds very base. Maybe people are thinking, oh, they're just talking about what stories are. But that's exciting to me. I hope, I hope they're excited. I hope is. they are. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go with my own barometer. Tell, what, tell me about your family. I feel like you probably Yeah, yeah. So I have a bro- uh, my brother's four years older, Matt, and he, uh, he's a teacher. He's married. He lives in, in Manchester. So we're from Manchester. And my parents both, both live in Manchester. And so, uh, yeah, and I'm like the baby. It was very difficult. You were the baby. I've never, you are the baby. I've never been uh, a rebel ever. But moving to New York, it was, it was heartbreaking for them. Yeah, really? Like, they just didn't want me to go. You know, and, wow. and it's, it, it was. <laughs> I'm from New England as well. I'm from uh, Lexington. Gotta add, Lexington. My cousin lives in Lexington right now. And, and really? he knew I was, he's a big fan. He, oh, wow. he wanted me to, to uh, ask you uh, best pizza in, in Lexington. And oh, my he, God. He's got an, or one of them, because he told me to ask you this. That's interesting. God. Or one you like. Nicola? Okay. He likes Mario's. 
Mario's. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll Mario's. tell you what I like at Mario's. Okay, when okay. I was in high school, I would go to Mario's. I still would if I if I ate this stuff. Uh, I don't mean this stuff. I just mean I don't eat dairy. I don't eat meat, all that sort of stuff. So anyway, except when someone gives me a cookie, okay. which I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but back in high school, I would go and I'd get eggplant parm and the house salad with blue cheese and me and my fa- friend uh, David Drun would go and eat there. And that was like one of my happiest... Yeah. Lexington memories was Mario's, right, and I've been back. My yeah. mouth is watering. <laughs> yeah, I know, no, no, no. But oh, and I would work. I'd work at the Flick, and I would order for Mario's. Okay, and that was when I met my first vegetarian, actually, because she would get eggplant parm, and I was like, "Why?" When you can get chicken parm, and her name was Mariana, huh? like marinara. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do the details, but so yeah, no, Mario's is good. My dad would get Nicola's, which is in Arlington, which I actually wrote down, look, it says right there, Pizza Headshot, because you were talking about that place in, I believe, Hoboken, where I was like, there's something special. If you get, I don't have one. If you get your headshot on the wall oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of a Blimpies yeah, or yeah. Nicola's, because Dane Cook's is up at yeah, yeah. Nicola's. They should put yours up now. Well, I don't, I'm not from Arlington, though, oh, I think. So uh, I, by, by association, <laughs> give, it, give it to the guy. Give it to the guy. Come on. If I go back to Nicola's Pizza, there's yeah, yeah. a headshot on the wall. Yeah, that'll, that'll be nice. <laughs> that'll that'll, be, that'll that would just be so. That'll yeah. just get me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should do like my dad in, would see it. do an induction. Yeah. Like an induction set. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Uh, star on the walk of fame no, i, I want the pizza, yeah, pizza no, I, I, I get it 100 percent. and that i was a bigger sub guy i know you're a sub guy there used to be a place called glenn eric's in uh there's like this four corners and and i would go there and it, they did carved turkey instead of okay. like slicer yeah i like that yeah. oh my god i like my turkey clubs like that yeah good shit good shit and pot bellies do you like pot bellies? i i don't mind pot bellies. you don't mind but it's not really your thing it, it's not blimpies but i do don't, don't mind just, just with the head, the, the big thing, and yeah. I, I want to brag. Um, yeah, please. I don't like. Um, so I go to Court Street in Hoboken. It's like a nice restaurant and bar. Yeah, and I get my chicken français there. It's good. And uh, they, I was that a pasta dish? It, yeah, it's like it's chicken with like lemon, and then and then they they give me mashed and a little bit. Ah. But uh, I was on the cover of everybody. Shh. I was on the cover of Hoboken magazine, so uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Chris, the guy, put me on. So uh, there, they framed my picture. Yeah, and they framed it and they put it above the woman's room. Oh my! So God. it's right there. So go to Court Street. You see right. me? Yeah. Oh so that was God. like my thing. I, You're about to take your pants down. Nobody you should knows. see Adam's face. You know, and I sit right near there all the time. No, no, not one person's oh, ever. That's great. Yeah, actually, the guy above the woman's. That's room. great. You know, you told this great story about how everyone called uh, said you look like Rick Moranis. Yes. I would say, you know who you, I think you sound like, and this is probably because he's from New Hampshire. Is the weather with Al? Did you watch yes. the weather with Al? Oh my God! High pressure. Al, Al, oh my God! Al Caprillo. Yeah. He was the best. He came to our school. He came to our high school. He came to my element like he was like really guy. he would do the circuit he would i would come. still be starstruck oh, if i saw i saw Al. i uh macy's in bedford i saw him no! six months ago before it closed down they knocked it down no. but i saw him there he was getting suits oh and it was God. it was like is he like, still on i don't know if he's on but he was getting his suits and like my dad was on like one end and it, like that macy's before it closed it was always dead so he's in there and my dad's on one side and i'm on one side and my dad's like nodding he's like it's Al. it's <laughs> And, and like I want, like I should have, like you know, it's like I, like the poor guy's getting his suits. But I, I, yeah. I think someone like that would have. I, I just want to go up to him and just yeah. like scare him and go, yeah. like, "Good evening." 
Uh, I'm sure he, he gets was that. So good. He was, he so, was good. so good. He was funny. Oh, and Paul Wagner, WLVI's oh, Kids yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah. That he was also a the comedian. Kids Club was unbelievable. Kids Club was good. It was like late night for us. I don't it remember was, the woman's name. It was Paul no. Wagner, and well, he was the funny one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying she. I don't think she was going for funny. I think it was like straight woman. But like LVI and, and like Three's Company was always on LVI. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I and, wonder how much of John Ritter's influence just sunk into me because. I wasn't like a deliberate John Ritter fan, but now that I'm older, even I see it. I'm like, oh, I kind of yeah. talk like him. I got to do oh, this I like love him. Them, he was great. I, I couldn't have. If I did pick it. It was on like, 6 and 630. Yeah, it was yeah. always on at 6 and 630. Oh, uh, and TV 38. Oh, yeah. Dana Carvey. Or uh, Dana Hershey. Dana Hershey. <laughs> that was, yeah. The movie loft. The, the movie loft. And then there were those weird, uh, like, I believe it was like. It wasn't Berkeley. It was some college in Boston that had a channel, and they would run movies with the oh, nudity. So oh. you'd be watching, I think it was Channel 9, and I would watch it. Oh. It was stuff that they I couldn't that. edit. Like, if they could edit it, they would. But, but if it was like a group um, scene and yeah. someone's running out with their top off, I would oh, my park God. myself in the basement. See that? Yeah. The squiggly of- lines. The squiggly lines of Cinemax. Oh, like, yeah. Line, it, was, it brought a lot of joy. And every once in a while, the Playboy just, Channel. Shoot, no, we didn't get that. We got Spice, but again, it was always just spice. blurry. Oh no, blurry. nobody paid for Spice, no, no, no. but it was, but the, it was the, the the sound could get you. Yeah, there. when they were having sex, you could hear it. Yeah, it for, sure. It for, sure. Yeah, it for was, sure, for sure, for sure. It was nice. It was... Well, I was in Athens. I guess you have me in story mode. I was in Athens, and Athens was very depressing. And I actually went to an adult movie theater. I was in college, and we were. It was me and my friend Kurt. You were mentioning friends that would do anything for you. I thought you were going to ask me if I had one. I was like, one of them is definitely Kurt. When I got divorced, he he was the guy that like dropped everything, flew in, and helped me. You move. have you know, I mean, that's a friend. That's a guy, yeah. and I, I I you know I aim to be that guy to him as well. Like and his wife Mattia, they're amazing. So uh, Kurt and I, I hope he wouldn't mind. We were kids, we were in yeah, college, yeah, yeah. and our friend Aaron, we just went into an adult movie theater. But here's why I mention it: we left quickly, uh, but it was so depressing. But we sat there, and it was dubbed in Greek. <laughs> But all the sound wasn't there. So they're having so, sex. But even the, the uh, was like fake. Yeah, and I was like, worse, I was like, this is the Buzz least kill. erotic thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes, well, we got to get the fuck Spani out <laughs> We got on a boat. Every time there's an orgasm, ah! it's just like some food. <laughs> I kept thinking of a poor woman in a booth just like, woo That sex sounds to me. So we bought a Playboy and uh, <laughs> instead, and we took the like nine-hour boat ride to Santorini in the off-season, and we rode mopeds and were kings. Yeah. It was amazing. No, that's, it, was, it was a great thing. But friends like that, I mean, I have a friend, Flanders, uh, like back home, Eric Flanders. He, he, it was the same type of thing. You yeah. know, when I moved here, I lived at NYU, and then I, I got housing in, in New Jersey and Fairview by like Fort Lee, and he, you know, he, he drove. He came. You know, yeah, it was just yeah, like yeah. I'm from New Hampshire. You know, You'd be surprised. It's like a weird like, thing you think about. You to know? be an amazing person, to be like a really open-hearted person it's not as complicated as we think it is it's not turning water into wine it's showing up to things like showing up with when a you, good attitude when you really when, need it when you need it we have these friends rob bell is, is like the friend and then i kind of got all his friends and i'm so grateful for all these friends and val and i now have these friends and they come to things because they want to they ask questions and you're like oh and they're there to help like now I, I'm, I got a deep bench of people that would help. Where and, then, it's like, and they don't want anything in return. And they don't want anything in return. 
They're just that, like, they're the, they're not old. Not people. that you don't want to help them, but like yeah. you know what I mean. It's not that. It's not about that. The free meals I've gotten, like Pat the bartender from the first bar. Yeah, there's a guy like Pete. If I ever hit it big, <laughs> like Eddie Murphy, had his, I'm just having Pat. Yeah, this guy over the years, you know, I met him in Hoboken 13 years. What did Eddie Eddie Murphy took his? Or like, I don't know. Aunt, did local, he have entourage or? Whatever? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone that had an entourage. But oh, you know, you got you bring up your friends and you but have a this little guy, crew. The, like the meals, you know, the heartbreaks, the jo- losing jobs and stuff like that. Like this guy, like it was just always yeah. You know, or getting tickets to uh, Greg Allman, you know, he's yeah. a music guy. He's about five or six years older than me. Hey Wade, you're coming, and like the bill, you know, the best part is like sometimes you know we'll go for hot dogs at this little place in Hoboken. I treat for ten bucks. Yeah, you know? but it's it, it just. Have you done a pilot? Have you ever done a pilot? No, no. I find that strange. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because I watched that video of yours on YouTube, so you can clearly relax in front of a camera. Yes. You tell stories. I watched an older story of yours, and you had more kind of manic energy, more theta. And I think that... It's that, not bad. No, but it, I think the good thing is the evolution I was able to kind of peel down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, and that was one of the things Colin had told me too, Pete. It was like, you know, you're good in the office. Uh, why don't you be more be like that? Stage? But it was tough. I was almost like Gilbert Godfrey. I remember I did a show with Chelsea one time, and like I pulled my neck out oh wow i was excited to be doing a show with her and that was like like you know 11 years i, I literally like pulled my neck out on stage because i was literally and without the guitar oh my god I, I just and then i would go and then it, 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 it was just awesome yeah like, yeah so you've relaxed into it though yeah this yeah. seems like let's just put it out in the universe this yeah. seems like the time yeah. adam wade would oh, do his god, pilot because when you talk You're about getting a it, big commission ah uh, yeah no i'll take the i'll take the dinner <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can buy me the lemon chicken and i'll go yeah. adam i told you i don't eat meat but then i'll eat it whatever you want to eat no they got they got vegetarian <laughs> options at i'm the sure kitchen. they do but it seemed like you watch a show like cheers or uh you know these these classic 90s i guess 80s and 90s sitcoms where people do have relationships with bartenders and they do have uh, their local magazine and they frame it above the women's room. Yeah, I mean, I'm not just saying this yeah, to help yeah, you out. Yeah, it yeah. seems to me like why have someone pretend to be that person yeah. when you have the guy that is that person and, and, and you know, it's just nice. You start getting an idea. You're getting very quick at how to explain who you are and what you're about. And that's, and that's when... I, in, that's a big compliment from you, and that's when it comes time to put it into thirty minutes or an hour and yeah. and sell it. I hope I hope that yeah, happens. Oh, I'd like to see because what you did is you you made me think about the laundromat and the coffee and the Spanish church, and I'm like, oh well, that's how you bookend it. It starts with Spanish, it ends with Spanish. Like we can have the episode, yeah, yeah. and and you, even you teaching the storytelling or wherever you want to pick up in your life. Yeah, that's fun. I, I would watch that. Looking for love with Wade. <laughs> ah! <laughs> with the laundry mat. Well, you just call it Wade, I think. Yeah, I mean, that, wouldn't you want to? Yeah, I'd whatever, watch a show whatever, called Wade. Whatever, whatever <laughs> now, I'm just, now I'm just good, producing Alan, your good, show. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Which which of your parents were you closer with? Um, both. Very, very, very close. close. Very, very. I mean, like I said, yeah, I you seem a like a close uh, parent um, guy. Very, very good to me. Um, hard, hard in good ways. You know hard in mean? what way? Um, you know, make sure I study and stuff. Yeah. Um, but very tender, very loving. Um, like, you know, sometimes it's like when you get into comedy, you're like, I, I didn't have a fucked up childhood. Yeah. You know I mean, I, I, but like, but then on the other hand, you think about like, there, there was so much love um, with my parents, my brother and, um, you know, my grandparents that, and cousins and stuff. But like, you know, you get into the real world, the real world can be harsh. That's where you get your heart. That's, that's where you get the heart. I was going to say, if, if you don't get the salty sweet from your parents, yeah. 
you can also, and I experienced that. I, my, my, I sometimes reference that my parents fought a lot, and that's true. But you know, the majority was a very overly loving, yeah. both of them. So, but then what I was going to say is maybe you get addicted to having that much love, and that's kind of nice. I'm in the affirmation business. I have a thought, right. and here we are recording it, and then we'll put it out, and we'll see. Yeah. Oh, maybe someone is going to come up and say, I love that Adam Wade. And that's okay, and maybe that reminds me yeah. of what it was like to have a mom that would applaud when I made a BM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> but it's weird when, when, when you have that environment, and then when, you know, when you're getting old, when you're getting like junior high, or getting, you know, and when people don't, you're like, wait, she doesn't like me like the way they like me you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. Why, or, yeah. And it's just like confusing after right. you know and it's it like makes me understand innocence. why you go to the date and you put on the show it's yeah. like you love me you want me to be me like yeah, that's yeah. what i do and then you realize you got to slow it down your mom yeah. your mom knew you your whole life or your dad knew you and it was big life. big new england or so like uh the mall in new hampshire and manchester so my mother worked at filings and my father was an educator he was a principal so we would at uh, middle school so we would uh always go visit my mother and then just walk around the mall. So like ah. still to this day, they love malls. They'll go to Florida and I'll be like, where, where are you right now? They're like, we're at the mall. And they're like, excited. They they're love like, malls. Yeah. And they got a great food court. Burlington and, Mall. You ever go to Burlington? Yeah, Good mall. Uh, Jimmy's at Burlington Mall. There's like a restaurant. Jimmy's. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Burlington Mall a lot. Um, and uh, legal. My parents yes. and I go to legal when I'm home uh, like every Sunday. That's the thing that go. surprises me now is they, they like to sit at the bar. Old people love sitting at the bar. You know what it is? Yeah. You sit across from somebody for thirty years. You want the angle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think, it, <laughs> but it, it's an it's just an interesting thing with yeah. them now. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, we went to Jimmy's. We sat at the bar. Yeah, like, no, oh, my oh. mom says they yeah, sat yeah, at the bar yeah, too. It's part like of the bragging, story. You're bragging. We sat you're at the bar. Oh, we saw some interesting. It's people. like calling people, hun. No one tells you to do that. I think a lot of people are waiting for someone, this unknown person, to come up and whisper, you can start calling people hun now, or you can start sitting at the bar now, when really, it's you that green lights everything, and you go, today, I buy a couch. Tomorrow, I sit at the bar at fucking Jimmy's. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Where are we at in time? Hour and a half. My instincts are sharp, Wade. I'd say. I normally ask for a light at 90. I just knew. Now we talk about your Greek orthodoxy. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> it's the only part of the show that's structured, as you can tell. I like to talk about no, religion at the end. Yeah, and, and you were raised Greek. Or- I was Greek. raised Greek Orthodox in, in Manchester. There's actually two Greek Orthodox churches, and um, I was just very, very fortunate. Sports. They had a basketball. Not that I was uh, any great athlete, but they had basketball teams. So yeah. they had. Uh, and my godfather was like when you're in, not nursery school, but kindergarten, first grade, second grade. So he had like a. Cl- they called it the clinic. So we would play that. My cousin's my age that lives in Lexington now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we were in that, and then uh, you know fifth and sixth grade, f- uh, third, fourth. It was fifth and sixth, but they let out my cousin and I play. And there was the Millias brothers. So just like and. It was just really, really nice. So sports was something, and was they played in. every and they played everybody. Yeah. It wasn't like we we were Greek, but in CYO, which is kind of odd because it's but it was because they would have like their championship at our church. Uh-huh. So we got into that, which was you know whatever how they did it. Um, but just like a lot of nice people, yeah. uh, I was just very, very lucky. Uh, I, I'm not overly religious, but I. But do. you are a, a big-hearted humanity. You like humanity. Yeah. You like connecting. Yeah. And here you are picking up on a place where people were connecting, like yeah. a, a, a little and pre- group. And, and I was president of like the, the. And I don't know if Yanni, like yes. I, I, Giannis was. Uh, 
I was uh, in like the in Goya they called it. So it's like Greek organization youth. It's, it's something like that. <laughs> but it was great. Like you know, and we'd meet once a month. And there was a woman like I got to like Maria Dongas. She was like the head of it. And it was just uh, again performance wise, like my when my brother. I, they were like groups of people. When you think of the times you started to perform, I talk about my cat at these meetings and stuff. And it's like the Greek kids, the Greek kids always, they, they, they want to, and the priests we had, we had Father Charles and then Father Peter. They were both like so like, in, in, like incredible to my family and me. Like they, they, they genuinely, I wasn't an altar boy or anything like that, but like being in the community, they always like remembered my name. Mm. And it was, it was just like, and my brother, they were just very nice to us. So I, I had like a really good experience in the community. I mean, I ended up working at a restaurant, at a Greek restaurant. It was from the church and, um, you know, the people that worked there. So it was just, it was just like a really – you know what they used to have? I, I don't know, like around you, they have like bazaars. They called it Glendi. Glendi means good times in Greek. Oh, no. So I they would have like that. a big festival each September – like uh, middle of September for like the whole weekend, and it was and it would like dance. It was just and like the whole community, the whole the city would go to this, mm. and it was just like really, just like really like unbelievable like mm. for me. I mean, beyond and again spiritually, it was it was nice, but just. The community was, you know, and then it was also a place. Like, it's funny because for me, church was the first place that I got up in front of people and talked. In the way that, like, a lot of it's funny. Giannis has this bit about how the church is like the minor leagues for R and B singers, and it's a very funny bit. Similarly, there was like a minor leagues quality to like, oh, everyone's seated. There's a mic. I'm in the worship team. And I can maybe try a little joke or whatever. And it's very supportive. Everybody's like taking this creed of being kind. So they're not going to heckle. Tell or us about your cat, Adam. Tell us about exactly. your cat. Exactly. Peaches, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Was, so you found that. Yeah. That, uh, it is, and do you remember the spiritual aspect jiving with you or not jiving with you? There wasn't like a strong, get that on my face. Not, not, it, it was just enough for me. Yeah. You know? And I mean, my parents, we'd go once a month. I mean, with, with Prince uh, passing, uh, it was funny because when we'd go probably once a month and before we would go, my father uh, loved Prince and mm. uh, he loved, you know, and he would blast Prince before he went to church. It was no just like, way. we just think it, it's just interesting that he would be like Purple Rain, he would just be blasting. Pulling <laughs> into the church for yeah, pro, yeah, yeah. Just, it's just like a funny, yeah, he loves Prince. Like, but Sundays was, Sundays was a Prince day. We'd be listening oh to Oh my Purple God, Rain. Prince of Peace and Prince. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> and, but it was always interesting. Like, you know, you walk into the church, they, they have like the ethics and you know where you put the candles like all and it was just very social like i again the old older people like the people from my church i ended up golfing with that's why i went on joined, ended up joining the golf team in high school because in the summer before i was in high school the no one really wanted to golf with me i didn't know how to golf and mm. then there was like three guys from the greek church they and then and a few more besides that like they just kind of like adopted me so i'd be golfing with all these older guys from my church mm. and it was you know it's just fun like again it's just like fun guys yeah 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 like and where what about now or what what do you i guess a quick way is like when we die is it over is there a meaning is there any sort of i i mean Pete, for me um i try to be good i i just try to be a good person and you know i know my my brother my brother's probably like the kindest person i know um he hasn't been new york sized or whatever and uh. um I hope there's heaven, but if if someone like my brother doesn't go, like yeah. you know, what I mean, then, then there's something wrong, you know, because he doesn't go to church, you know. So that that's, I mean, it's it's a very simple thing to say, but, but you know, the Dalai Lama said kindness is my religion. I don't know if you yeah. heard him say that. It, 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 Absolutely. And we were talking yesterday about while you're here, you know, be good. Yeah. Just try to be. Why can't you just be nice to other people? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's. 
I agree. But, and that simple, I'm not trying to religiousize no, what you're saying, but Christ would always talk about chi- a childlikeness, not a childishness, as Rob would say, Rob Bell, but a childlikeness where it is simple. Uh, Judd Apatow told me something beautiful that a Zen monk told his children, which was, when you're a child, you're, you're friends with everyone. When you're older, you forget. And I was like, that's it. it. That's it. It is. It is. It is. Right? Yeah. So I don't think and we... Then, and then you wonder if the, the connection with the older people grown, like when I was younger, yeah. if that, like, uh, there's, there's, I don't know, just being friendly to them and making something out of them. Yeah. They, that, that's but how... isn't the, it funny that you said, and it got me right away, that the church wasn't a big thing for you, but the, the heads of it would remember your name. And when I, the girl, my infatuation in high school... I would see her in the hall and she would say, hi, Pete. And that's all it took. And so just that simple detail makes you go like, yeah, goodness, simplicity. There is something kind of streamlined and, and like a rock garden about it. Just like, just relax. Don't hurt each other. <laughs> and it's like, but also, I, and I think maybe it is part of religion too, but like, Accept the kindness, but when it bothers, still bothers me to this day when your kindness is taken as a weakness. Sometimes. Right, and right. It's, and it's just because this world, again, is harsh. I tried so it's to. it's like, like, you know. I, didn't. I mean, like with you and your success, um, and, and again, I've seen you, how hard you've worked, it, it, and it, it, it's very inspirational. Okay. And it's, but like when you start getting success and, and people that you don't remember, like you want to have a, Hey, I, I was in this class with you in college. You're great. Right. I ha- congratulations. And then thank you. And then by the way, can you do this? Right. Or, or, and it's just like, I, I have no power to do that. But like, also like I have my, I have this set of friends that have been very good to me. And if anything I can help, I'm going to help. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, what position, so it's just, it's a weird thing like that. Or that, well, fuck you. You're an asshole. Well, I mean, like, listen, I'm, I'm, how do you balance that? It's a tricky thing. It actually helps me, uh, have sympathy then for the people we're talking about being nice and being kind is wonderful. And then you're like, well, who are the people that are cold? I just heard a story about Beyonce being cold. And uh, I don't think in general, but it was a story where she was cold. And uh, then you're also kind of like, but she's Beyonce. And I bet every single person she ever meets wants something from her. So then a therapist might even encourage her to put up boundaries and be like, you can say no and you can bounce. And we start to get into a more three-dimensional understanding of kindness that includes uh, an allowance to yourself to say no because – People that have the yes problem that just want to please, 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 please start to hurt themselves, you know. So it's a more complicated thing than just buying a coffee at the laundromat. That's just like so beautiful and clean. And then you get somebody that might want something from you. And the simple allegorical answer would be, of course, I'll help you. And then you start seeing people that do that enough times that they stop. Like I've had a couple things. How dare you, Andrew? I'm just kidding. Thanks for being here. (laughs) It was a cell phone. Uh, I've had times where I've helped uh, friends and had it go a little bit sideways. And then I've had the thought where I'm like, because of course, especially in this podcast, I'm going to tell you that I like being kind and I like hooking people up. But then I've also seen it go in this way that you're like, you just get the thought, this is why people don't work with their friends. You go like, oh, you don't like thinking of me as your boss or or, or whatever it might be. 
and now we're fucked, and now this is happening. Because I mean, I had a guy like Dan Newbauer get me the job at UNICEF. Yeah, I didn't know like so, and that kind, and then not ask. So like, I want to be the Dan sometimes too, and help people. Right, but, right, but but. but Sometimes it's the ones that just keep asking, or, or it, it, and then it's the job of you feel helpless. You know, what I mean. So here's Dan Newbauer helping you and not wanting anything, and that is beautiful. And then it, it's a great. I'm not. I of course I'll hire my friends. I'll hire the friends that I had problems with again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I love these people. These are good people. But you start to get the idea of where did Beyonce's coldness come from? And it's not because she was. First of all, she's Queen B, but it's not because yeah. she's a bad person. It's because things start to happen that change them. And this is why I think we like shows like Breaking Bad and, and we like to see uh, uh, the slow contamination of a character and what does that really mean and what are they after. And really, at the base of most things, I think everybody just wants to be loved. And uh, and, and that sounds so trite, but it's, I think it's actually quite profound. They just want to be loved. They just want to be loved. They just want to be loved. And it's not as easy as just like, I'm going to help everybody from the neighborhood, even though we'd like it to be. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 it, and it's weird, too. It's like by association. And I wonder if that, like, you, it's so nice to hear from people. I mean, just with the New Yorker thing, it was a very nice thing. And, and I was very, very fortunate to happen. Yeah. And a few people I haven't heard from in a long, long time contacted me. And it was really nice. Yeah. And they were just like, wow, like, I know you've been working hard. I just want to say, yeah. like, right. And, like, you get that. And it's, and, like, your heart's, be- like, my heart beats. You know what I mean? And, you know, one guy, he was well, it's not just well, well deserved, it's well earned. And like coming from that person, yeah. it meant the world to me. So it, it's just nice. But then all of a sudden you get one crack, crackpot, like sending you something like, hey, by the way, you know, hey, congratulations, a big fan. <laughs> and yeah. like, wait, who, I need this. Yeah. Like, but I don't even, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to enjoy this moment. And then all of a sudden, again, part of the panic and, and anxiety, it's like, oh my God, right. Like, what? What if I get like twenty of those? Like, what if God, you know, and you want to do better and you want to do well? Right. What's going to happen? Like, I do will you get say, like a folder in like Gmail and just kind of putting uh, in there. I like I'll it. say this from my from where I like. I'm thinking about. I wrote down girls because I wanted to talk a little bit about what it was like on girls. But I'm not uh, like Lena. Lena must get a million of those. Oh all these people that are like superstars and super high players and all that players. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Where I'm at, very comfortable, very nice. Every once in a while. And for the most part, you can, if you know somebody, you can do it. Every once in a while, my dad will be like, Peter, the guy, Johnny Joni's brother down at Ray's Barbershop. He wants to be a writer. And you're just like, that's okay. I'll email him. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to email me, ask me a couple questions. I'm going to write back an email that is about three pages of a dense book long, long, thoughtful email, and they are not going to reply to that oh, email. That's, yes, yes, that's yes, what happens. Yes, 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 and that's yeah. what happens on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, not not always. Actually, I just met somebody in the line at my taping, and I added and you up. spent a lot of time working on that. That, that of course, yeah. I don't copy and paste. It is no, a custom no, email. No, that's why. That, and, but it happens, Adam. I, I don't know if I've ever talked about it. I can't tell you. It happens nine times out of ten, where it's like you write. No reply. You give them... I just talked to Berbiglia. We went out after the show, and we talked about that strange feeling. And I start going, am I the drunk dad going, this is what you should do, this is what you should do, and they hate you and they resent you? And, and it's just one of those high-class problems, one of those great problems where you're like, you write the email and they don't reply, or you tell them exactly what they should do and they don't do it. And then you realize... Uh, we should just live a quieter life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but but some of the shortest advice I got, I mean, when I was the page of Conan, Mike Sweeney, uh, again, yeah, through, through, um, through Andrea, the, the makeup woman at the time, says, call, 
or, or I think it was Elena. It was like it's either his technical director or, or the make. So I call Mike. And I told Mike, you know, you, you know, she. I don't know if she forced him to do it, but Mike was nice enough, and the conversation was quick. Um, but he was very kind, mm-hmm. and he said, "He's like Adam. Like how 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 many times?" Uh, you know, and I was doing the guitar stuff. He's like, how many times a, uh, a week do you get up? I go, uh-huh. I get up once a month, Mike. I thought He's you were like, going to say, how many times do I have to tell you to get rid of that fucking guitar? <laughs> and you go, I get up a couple times. I go, I go, I go, I get up once a month. And he goes, Adam, he goes, the best advice I can give you right now, I'll keep it short and sweet. He's like, get up as much as possible. Yeah. And he got off the phone. And, and at first I was like, you know, like, all right, that, that was really simple. Like I was, I wanted like a detail. But that was like yeah. very good advice. Yeah. I mean, what, what else can you tell someone? That's right. Like, you know, I don't, that's the quick version. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, why I was like, oh, a comedian writes his ideas down and then you yeah. go like, get, get up. up as much as get you up. can. And it seems like a write-off, but you go, the stage will teach you way more than I can Absolutely. because you're starting in 2016 and everything I have to say is probably more valid if you start in 2000, whatever I started yeah. now. 2000. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but, it was, but, it, but it stayed, you know what I mean? And yeah. I didn't think, I, I was just happy he, he, he even like, took a call i know i love those things that's him standing in the back and going look at me your husband's not here i'll be your your class husband yep yeah it's essential stuff um well i don't know oh tell me a little bit about girls it was amazing yeah i mean right the the really um the, the the really fun thing with me um you know you're nervous to be doing anything to that nature yeah and she a huge credit. She was just very Leaning gentle. Lena and I was just, you know, hi, how she asked me like five questions very sincerely. I told her I lived in Hoboken. She talked about Maxwell's, her boyfriend. Yeah. And it was, and I, and then like it was, it was like taking a huge Xanax. I was just all of a sudden, you know, there's cat, <laughs> there's uh, extras around. But the big thing was though, the week before I had done um, UCB on Monday and uh, Judd Apatow performed and he left, you know, I mean, again, like he, he, he was actually, then I know why he left. I mean, I got to shake his hands and he was very nice. Yeah. But it was the night he had performed stand up on Fallon. And he's like, I'd love to just, he's like, I'd like to go early so I could go watch it. So, that, you yeah. know, so I wasn't like broken. I was happy to shake his hand. Sure. You know? sure and sure. and uh, so, but like as a performer, you feel, you know, again, it's like, oh my God, like if, if someone's going to see me. And it went well. Oh, I had the same feeling when I was at Fallon, and I found out Lauren was doesn't watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, and it's just, you understand? Yeah, you understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the guy's got like, I mean, he's going to be on Fallon, and yeah. he's going to do be doing stand up for the first. Well, time Well, he'll in listen to this, and he'll see how yeah, hungry yeah, you are. I'm yeah, sure. I, I hope he listens. I hope, but he listens to a lot of them. So then the the best the best thing happened was Jenny was directing that episode. Yeah, and she said. Uh, you know, Lena goes, Jenny, this is Adam. And she's like, I know I, I, he performed with Judd a few weeks ago. Uh, and now, then I was, then I was like all set. And like, uh, that, and then it, like everything I clicked even more. It was like, huge you know Xanax. What? Like, I was just like, wow, that's, that's, you know, but it was just such a, like, you, you know, the artistic sense of joys you can get. Yeah. There wasn't anything better. It was just so nice. They, yeah. And they were so nice to me. But that comment, because again, I was so down just and the set had gone well because it was the night before I taped my album and, and so oh, wow. I just felt good and then that audience it was just and I was like yeah but he wasn't there and then but you know you don't uh, know who else is going to yeah. be it's it just it's it's the world yeah. it, it, and you know from all the work you've done and stuff everything evens out in the it's funny we, I didn't even you know I knew you were there but I didn't know the set that I did all those years ago that oh, you were there yeah. and it me- meant something to you it's it's just that beautiful kind of 
every show is your last show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or any yeah. moment is the last moment sort of thing. Yeah. That's great. And, and you have like a, I mean, and again, the thing I wrote on my little notes was like, I go to a lot of shows, Pete. And, um, you know, improv shows, I mean, because like with the mag, I go to a lot, I go to a lot of UCB shows. I go to, so I, I see so much stuff and there's not a lot of things that just like, and I always, and people that are listening or people that know me, I'll go out of my way and say, hey, I, and I say this, I, mm. I seen a lot of stuff that was terrific. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, and that was, that was one of them. And oh, I, mean, I, I didn't mean to bring that back. Well, I'm glad no, I did. I But it's one of those things, like, I mean, I'll, I'll say it, like, I mean, it, 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 it again, it, it, it really inspired me at that time to I'm keep glad. doing stuff. I, well, I'm glad. Well, you, you are doing it. It's, yeah. it's so nice to see. The great Gary Shandling talked about the no mind performance. And that was the thing. I've listened to that twice uh, on, on on your yeah, podcast. Yeah. He was the he was the one. He him and Albert Brooks would be the two like like you know when you say yeah. could eat with anybody like in comedy like yeah. So I just yeah, and that was just such a good. Um, it was such a good conversation with him. But I think I just, you're doing that that no mind thing. He makes that he makes a joke, but he's very sweet about it and uh, talks about the where you're not thinking about it, like archery or like. Yeah. Uh, Karate. He didn't say karate, but that's what I'm saying. But the human elements in like Larry Sanders. Yes. I mean, they're, they're, I mean the column. I mean, my of course with Colin, but like when 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 Colin is, is on that show, the episode and his son, uh, his reptorian son. It, yeah, it's like the one. Uh, there's just a lot to it. Uh, I haven't seen that one. That one, I can't you wait. Gotta, yeah, that one. Yeah. I'm going through Call, it because I I don't know who wrote it, but like it was like the incredible casting. That, yeah, um, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without seeing it, that's perfect. Uh, well, let, we always end with the simple question of the hardest time you've laughed or one of the times you've laughed the hardest to mm-hmm. the people that want me to say that properly. Can you think of, and this is not me being the girl saying, tell a story is what no, we do no, with everybody. No, please, but please. I always say it doesn't have to be a story. I'm just looking for the memory of the time you yeah. laughed really, really hard. You know, like with my parent, like when it's very contagious and stuff, my, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like Steve, Steve Martin's the jerk. Like why, when that was yeah. like on HBO when I was little, yeah. Um, you know, just Nathan you know, there's moments. Johnson. You know, and the dinner and the dancing when he when he when he dances. The, the you know, yeah. I, I can you know, uh-huh. and then I'm not like that. Like that, watching now with my parents, um, and my brother, like and laughing and like looking at them and laughing, like crying, like so hard because you see and, them laughing and, and it it's just it. so and the, like that that adds to the moment and that was like that. Uh, yeah, it, it, when I look back, that was like the big one, like ever. Yeah, you know, because it was a communal, it was a family thing, but it was something we'd always go back to. That's right. Yeah, and my big brother seats. and my big brother loved it. So it's also like you know uh, your big brother. Yeah. Also, and for me, and, and I'm wondering if with you, when you could get your big brother to laugh at something, because I, yeah. oh my god, like that was a hard one. And, and I, then if you got him, if I got him. Oh. that's where I learned uh, a lot of my silliness. Was I knew I had to go like triple down. On like, take your shirt off, play a song on the piano, and like you know, fart or something. Yeah. Like you really had to go hard. Yeah, no. Yeah. But if you got it, but if you got him, oh, like 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 that feeling. I still get that feeling. If I if I make my mother, father, or brother laugh, I'm just like, and you guys saw me shit my pants in a diaper. I mean, like this, yeah. I got to transcend to give me the authoritative position of the one who's being funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still means a lot to me. Yeah. So I get that a lot. Well, do you feel good, man? Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> it was a good time. Well, you know, you want to you want to bring the. I didn't get to a lot of the notes, which I, is it's good. Okay, but I, I, mean, I just want to make sure. Uh, 
um, yeah, I think a lot of you saw that this was this was a big deal for. I'm me. glad I came to New York and I was like, yeah. who's in New York? Yeah, Giannis and you were my yeah. first two, so I'm right. glad we're doing it, man. And uh, we we have the guest say, keep it crispy if you give it. Yep, um, <laughs> I'm gonna take a sip of wine. Yeah, this is big. <laughs> And can't keep it crispy. Right? <laughs> I love that. You changed. For, you changed. Your energy changed. You took that serious. Well, thank you. You Adam. gave me good direction. Yeah. <laughs> what is your album called? Uh, the Human Comedy. The Human Comedy. Check that out. All right. Thanks nice. so much, man. Now leaving Nerdist.com. What? <laughs>